With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And here we are, the health and wellness for the golden age on December 1st. Can you believe that this year has been racing, racing towards this month? And it's so exciting to have all of you on the program, and we've got New Mexico on now. So we're getting all over the country. Uh, our Australia guy isn't on, so, or pardon me, our New Zealand guy isn't on yet. So maybe he's sleeping through the night. <laughs> it's 3 o'clock in the morning there. But we got into a pre-recording topic, and it's about, eyes, it's about water, and we have a gentleman on here from Northwest Illinois. He's a water guy. Is that okay if I call you that, Chris? The water man. (laughs) But he, uh, can you give us a little background of what you started to say about what's going on with the water so we have a little bit more from your end uh, and us with the user end so we get a a different viewpoint on water. Well, I only I come in through um, agriculture perspective, but um, it's based on other things I've uh, read about. Um, especially, uh, I guess there's two topics with um, urban land and rural land. With the rural land, it's mainly um, all the agricultural pesticides and herbicides and fungicides that we apply can potentially either run off into streams and get into our water supply or go through the soil and uh, get into the groundwater. And those aren't really filtered or um, they might get filtered through the soil a little bit, but they could get into the groundwater and they're not tested for. Um, In in urban lands, I think um, the thing you have to look out for is everything's been paved over. So there's no filtering capability of the soil left over. So everything that is in the water from the streets um, and the rainwater just gets funneled right into the um, the water system. So it's hard to uh, control what's in the water. They can filter out some things, but I'm sure they don't kind of don't know what to look for to filter out. And and you're in Illinois, so it's a pretty flat land because I I was born in Chicago, and um, with the, in really northwest it's pretty um, hilly, but yeah, the majority of the state's pretty flat. Right, and um, they're just light rolling hills, is what we'd call them. If you if you've been to the east or the west coast, you know what hills are. They call them mountains out there. Mm-hmm. However. With the flow of the water and what you're saying that the for agriculture there the ground may filter some of it. What are you finding in the testing 
of the Monsanto type of herbicides? What and do you have kind of a, a an amount that gets really used and or abused by Monsanto and affects the people's drinking water or agriculture? Um, I'm not sure about that, but I just I know that it's not very regulated as far as how much the farmers are applying in the field because they can just they buy um, the chemicals in bulk the Roundup if they have Round uh, Roundup ready crops they just buy the chemical in bulk and then dilute it themselves for a specific rate but I know there's some people that would just say if a, a little bit's good a lot's better so they might be over applying and then that ha- really has the potential to leach into the to our environment. Well, have with well, since you're just really with the agriculture end of it, how are the fields? You have to travel around those fields, right? And you have to go to where the water is, et cetera. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, how do the fields look? Are they healthy looking? Are they are the food that's growing in them look sort of kind of okay? I mean, because I have this feeling that it's, they're not doing well. Well, I think the the crops themselves are doing okay because we've manipulated the environment so much that we determine exactly how much water and um, nutrients they get they're all one crop, it's a monoculture, so we can just spray the hell out of all the insects and pests and weeds and make it so there's no competition. So the plants themselves are healthy, but the monoculture system itself is not healthy, just in terms of biodiversity and insect populations from um, all the herbicides and everything. Well, just for what you're saying, that's a great demarcation. They may be healthy, but the ground may not be healthy. How can that give you good food? And part of uh, what we're finding for most people, and again, the dichotomy of rural versus urban, and the fact that people live in the city have a great deal more disease and dis-ease because of their the pollution of the food they're eating. And we're, we're, people are really getting, I don't want that stuff in my food now. I was just listening to um, on a Health and Wellness with National Liberty Alliance last night. Someone was saying that in a town, and I don't remember if they said the town or state, that the people realized that the the city or county was going to be voting on continuing the fluoridation of their water. They had a mass meeting. I mean, the people came to that hearing, and the council was going to put it through whether the people liked it or not, and because the people have become more educated, they know the fluoride is a byproduct of the aluminum, so it's not healthy. 
And uh, so they put it on a, as a referendum on the ballot, and the people voted it down. So this is a very important point that we people need to have the education. So, Chris, with what you're doing, is it possible for people to get more awareness of the, and I'm going to call it the word, pollution of the crop by the spraying of the Roundup, which we know is carcinogenic, and we know has other and I don't know the word uh, for it, maybe or for you or Colin, you remember it, but it's a word that it is affecting the orange groves and the citrus fruit in Florida as a direct result of it being round up and being spread by water. That's why I was asking you about the fields. Are you uh, are the fields having that kind of problem, or is it just looks good? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't look unhealthy as far as, if you just look out, it's just a sea of green, either corn or soybeans. So it doesn't look un, unhealthy. Maybe if you're used to more biodiversity, it would look unhealthy, but um, they don't look physically sick. Um, what can happen is if, if um, a farm field is right next to um, a residential area. Um, when the farmer is spraying um, chemicals, if there's any wind, it could drift over, and then that could um, get on either their uh, either residential gardens or um, house plants or grass. I don't know if grass would be affected, but um, it could damage yeah, it that way. Yeah. Yeah, Patricia? Yeah, go ahead, Colin. Okay. Roundup is a very, very dilute solution of Agent Orange. And where did we hear of Agent Orange, Colin? Vietnam. And what was it used for? The defoliant. It was used what? to destroy the jungle to, to, to deny cover, to, to deny cover to the Viet Cong. Right. It was also sprayed in uh, Korea on the DMZ between North and South Korea, and uh, I may have been exposed there. Uh, my brother was most likely exposed in, uh, when he was in Vietnam. good friend of mine uh, died of lung cancer, but the cancer but did not originate. He smoked, but it, that, that wasn't what caused it. The, the lung cancer came from a skin cancer that developed on his leg as a result of being dumped on several times uh, in the Mekong Delta with Agent Orange. And we, I met a fellow who was an Agent Orange. He was a soldier, and he had gotten Agent Orange. And we went and visited him because of the prognosis and the what it does to the body that is appearing in other people. And he said the only thing that's kept him alive is he went totally organic and did nothing. He lived in a little uh, mobile home, and he just had to do everything organic. And he was a very slender man, and he was he was older, I would say, 
he was probably in his mid-50s when we met him, or late 40s to mid-50s. And we were just young people. So it's, uh, it's important that we get that these things are carrying the other diseases. Because one of the things, and Colin doesn't have children, but many of the soldiers that he does know that had children, they were affected. The fetuses, when the women, they came home and the women got pregnant, the fetuses were affected. They came out with, uh, well, Colin, you may know more about that in the sense of the deformed children, retarded, or any other kind of not appropriate babies that were born after the soldiers came back with their age in orange. And people don't realize that that is a form of it. So this might be of interest for you, Chris, as you travel around and see this. That's why people are starting to really say no more Monsanto, no more of this stuff. Europe won't have it. You're starting to even see um, commercials now on cable, like um, you've probably all seen the um, mesothelioma commercials where if you've been exposed to asbestos um, and have gotten mesothelioma, you can call a certain number to get possibly get um, compensation. Um, they're just like starting law, law offices. They're starting to have commercials now about Roundup. Oh, good. Good, finally, because what you just said about asbestos, when I was living in California, oh, it had to be in the late 80s. We had horrific cases. I mean, they were class action cases for the asbestos that the shipbuilding companies had. Because in the 40s, the 30s and the 40s, when they were building ships, especially in the 40s for the war, they built ships and massive amounts of uh, asbestos, no gloves, no masks, no co- uh, protective clothing. And it took 40 years for that to actually devastate that whole generation of workers where their children were suing mm-hmm. the shipping company. So I'm glad to hear that they're advertising about the Roundup. That? Yeah. Okay. There are two forms of asbestos. Long fiber and short fiber. These are femioles. Well, how do you you say it? Uh, Is caused by the short fiber. Because the fibers are so small and so short, they get down into the lungs and they actually get into the air sacs and clog them. And the long fiber can be coughed up because it's longer. But the short fiber was used in the shipbuilding industry because not only was it fireproof, it was also very corrosion resistant. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the salt when when you're at sea, you're you know, your the surfaces on your ship and, the, and the, all the systems are exposed to salt salt the uh, the water vapor and salt. Right. And it rusts. And this was and it corroded to pieces and the yes. ship will fall now, apart. Now, if the long fiber asbestos was really dangerous and the government was being honest, ha ha, <laughs> then 
all of Marin County would have to be evacuated and sealed off because it sits on the, it is the largest deposit of long fiber asbestos in the world is under Marin County, where all the Richies live. The rich people live in Marin County. That's right, out of sight of San Francisco. You got it. That's one of the very high-end neighborhood areas. And it sits right on top of the most, uh, of the biggest long fiber asbestos deposit on the planet. Well, if it's dormant, does it do activity? These gentlemen that build ships were handling it with their bare hands. That's correct. A friend of mine died from it. For three years, he built ships in the late okay. 1940s. He worked in a shipyard, and he died of the stuff in the early 80s. That's exactly right. They, 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 we learned a lot about it. I worked for the lawyers that were suing um, some of the asbestos companies. I was a uh, temp, and I went to different law firms. Massive, massive um, numbers of sets of papers that we had to send to every one of the clients and to the courts so that they got it. They finally got a settlement, and I'm going to, I don't remember the actual amount because they did seal it, but I think it was like a dollar, a penny on the dollar for the harm, the death, and the loss of family members. So it was not a payback. It was just a token. And yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Arthur. Um, my husband had asbestosis because he was in the heating and air conditioning, okay. and they, you know, started finding out that, gee, it wasn't such a good idea to have asbest asbestos in the schools and <laughs> you know homes and all this kind of stuff, and they started this. Um, I don't know if you'd call it a campaign, but <clears throat> these workers. My husband was one of them. They would get them actually, you know, when they finally realized that asbestos was really harmful and damaging, they um, would have these these guys dress in hazmat suits to go yes. and take this asbestos out. Now, my husband yes. did do some of that, but he wound up with asbestosis, and I think if he hadn't have died, you know, as early as he did, he probably would have wound up with this mesothelioma. <clears throat> they did, he was part of a class action suit, but um, the company, and I can't remember, I think DuPont was part of it, and there was, there was a couple of others that he was in the class action suit with, and one of them went bankrupt. Yep. So he only got half the settlement that he was entitled mm. to. That's which what they get. Yep, they go bankrupt, so they can't. They don't have to pay you, and right. it just it really pissed us off. <laughs> but yeah, the heating that, and air conditioning is pay. another business that does the asbestosis a lot. Not they don't anymore, but in fact, there was a friend of ours that discovered that they had um, asbestos in their house, mm-hmm. and he asked my husband if he would. You know, they were really good friends of ours, and he asked my husband if he'd come and take it out. <laughs> Absolutely not, you know, because he wouldn't have the gear he needed right. to be able to do that, you know. 
And he was already in bad enough shape with it. He wasn't going to go in and just take it out just because he knew how, but he didn't have the the gear to protect him. Story. A, a gentleman who is a husband of this breakfast group I belong to, very tall, healthy, good-looking man, and his wife is a beautiful. She had been the queen of Beverly Hills, California. I mean, they were... They were what you call a beautiful couple, and they were kind. They were very good, and they promoted good for a lot of people and brought in a lot of good people. Well, he had a little cough at around Thanksgiving time, and uh, we were all concerned because he wasn't a, a young guy. I mean, he was somewhere in his probably late 50s or maybe mid-60s, and he had this cough. Then we got told he had pneumonia. He was dead by December, by Christmas time. And we had a memorial service for him. And at the memorial service, we found out he was a writer. Both of them were writer, and they had a cooking, um, a TV cooking class. And where he did his writing was in an upper floor. It was an attic area, but it was still good living space, but that was his office. And they found out when they were selling the house after he died that it was full of asbestos, and they never knew it. And another thing in uh, the law office we were in, we had to move from the – first we wanted to run a wire from my desk over to one of the other offices. Uh, It was just across the hallway, a simple task. They bought in the hazmat. They bought in special everything to take it out just to go across and through the panels and the roofing and the ceiling just to that office. So uh, that was one thing. We didn't have much problem with it. We just couldn't use the office for a couple of days. Then they said they were going to do the entire office because it was so full of asbestos. And we had to move into another office that had already had it done. And, I mean, they had a special chute down to a truck. They came in only at nighttime. They cleaned it all up so there was nothing in the hallway if anything went out there. It was a very dangerous thing. So I'm glad, uh, Chris, that they're doing some things about asbestos, but it's like, kind of like the tail of the donkey going by because there has been a, hopefully a lot of uh, change in that. So um, I've got a whole different tangent. <laughs> but uh, but I'm glad they're advertising about Roundup. That's good. I don't have a TV, but it may only be for Illinois. Is it? Is the advertising only for Illinois, uh, Chris? Oh, I, I wouldn't sure. think. I wouldn't think so, because Roundup is everywhere, not just Correct. here in Illinois. <clears throat> so, what have you found out about it, Chris? About Roundup? Yeah, no, about uh, these ads, and uh, are they nationwide or what? Oh, I I don't know. I've only seen them in Illinois. I haven't been out of the state for a while. 
Okay. Okay. It's something to be aware of, everybody. Look for it in your state because we are in different states. I don't have a TV, so I don't get on to that. But any way we can stop Monsanto is what we have to do. They have they have so ruined our food products. And uh, that brings me uh, brings up the topic I wanted to bring up about a lady I met last night on National Liberty Alliance. Her name is Barbara Frank. And you can go to her website, Barbara Frank, two, 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 the number, two, two, two. I thought she was saying T, but it's 222.com, BarbaraFrank222.com. And she has a lot of videos, and they're about parasites. Because much of what is happening with Monsanto stuff is parasites are growing in the food and coming to us via our, our dinner plate or our breakfast food and via the meat that we eat, and it affects our dogs and our cats. So it's a, a full circle of a affectation and infestation, possibly. But she has a lot of different videos, and I was watching them this morning for your sake, uh, or for with the eyesight, and the fact that I've been complaining about these little things uh, in my eyes that keep going around. She says there's parasites that even get in your eyes. Not that that's what I I see. I don't see them. I just, when I'm looking out, things move around in my eyes. And I get real funny things and my eyes get really tired. But I don't have what you have. Yours is a much more major problem. And in trying to keep your eyelids open. I try and keep my eyelids open when I fall asleep studying, but... (laughs) And that's a whole different thing. <laughs> well, so. that that gives you an idea of the, of the feeling. You know, if you can just imagine yeah. yourself so tired that you just can't keep your eyes open anymore. And you, ha- you have to because maybe you're driving or something. And you have to keep your eyes open. And you just keep, you know, pulling your eyes forward, you know, if, if you want to say it that way. But I'm doing this 24-7, and yeah. my eyes get so exhausted, and it, it causes headaches. Um, I mean, if if I'm able to just keep my eyes closed, I feel all kind of energy. I, I feel very energetic. In fact, when I go to bed at night, you know, my eyes hurt so bad. But I'll lay down to go to sleep thinking, oh, yeah, it's finally some relief. Now I'm ready to get up and go do something. But I can't because my eyes hurt so bad. You know, it's like it's, wow. it's a no-win situation because, I mean, I, I have heard of people having it so bad <clears throat> that they have been, you know, diagnosed as legally blind. Um, wow. And it can get so bad. I remember seeing this one lady. She was in the resident home of my my sister-in-law. Um, and I could I could never figure out I could, I could never figure out what was going on with her. And I of course I didn't ask, but um her eyes just kept, you know, squeezing, 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 but also her tongue 
protruding out of her mouth, you know. Mm. So it was like her eyes would squeeze and her tongue would, you know, shoot out of her mouth. And when I got this bluffer spasms and I started reading up on it, I, I I found out that that is a severe case of bluffer spasms. And I thought, huh, that is really, you know, that must be what she's got. And I sometimes wonder if that's what part of my swallowing problem is. Because sometimes I go to swallow something and it, you know, it's it's like my my jaw and everything just kind of freezes up, you know, and it's really hard to, you know, swallow that food. So... Mm. It's really strange, so I'm really on the, you know, mission to try and figure out what this is. But um, I have heard that it's um, light sensitivity is a big part of it. And that somehow it's some kind of a cousin to Tourette's syndrome and uh, Parkinson's with the twitching stuff. So I don't I don't know. I don't think I have par- Parkinson's or Tourette's, but sometimes I feel like I stutter sometimes, you know. And that's that part in my throat or jaw or whatever you want to call it just kind of gets stuck, you know, if you will. And mm-hmm. it, I can't, you know, get things out. But it, it's weird. It's weird. But I've heard that it's, you know, I... I have not been told that it's in the brain. Um, the one so-called expert, if you will, that does Botox injections in the eyes to relieve that spasms. And I said, well, what causes this? And she says, we don't know. So, yeah. but I, I know there's got to be a, a cause of it, and I know there's got to be a cure for it. There's a cure for everything if we just, you know, look for it hard enough. I just haven't found <laughs> that 10,000 in one time yet. <clears throat> of and that's is. a good point. That's a very good point because it, it is out there and it is being occluded sometimes by whatever it is that is keeping it from us finding it and or it may have been found, but they don't want people to use it. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, so much of the criminality that goes on around here. Uh, for us, we, your own self continuing the research is more advantageous for you than uh, mm-hmm. waiting for someone else to do it. And that's why whenever I hear of something and, uh, that's viable for us, that's why I went for it. But I, actually, if you go on BarbaraFrank222.com, she has a lot of videos. She's a young lady. She's just a young lady. And she really, and she qualifies everything that she puts in it. So if you want, slow it down. She reads most of it. So it'll help you a lot or for with getting some of the information. But you may want to slow it down because it moves pretty fast. 
and uh, I wanted to be sure you got the information so you could uh, learn from it in that way. Slow but what down? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Slow what down? Her videos, her videos oh. are, uh, uh, roll through pretty fast. And so uh, that's what I was meaning. So, uh, well, as, long as, as long as there's audio, because, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really help to slow things down other than confuse my, my ears and my brain is what, what I'm listening to. Right. Um, but, yeah, it is, it's hard to read and, and watch stuff. You know, a lot of it, you know, when I tell people, I don't, I don't sit and watch TV, but I do watch programs, you know, of interest. But to try and watch those or drive <laughs> um, my kids often you know kid me about well I at least I don't sleep when I drive that's because my yeah. eyes are you know half closed but I I managed to keep a just a slit open so I can see the road <laughs> but I've been doing that for you know 15 20 years you know I've yeah. adapted to it yep yep if other people on the road knew, <laughs> I would get out of my way. Yeah, so that's why I don't. That's that's why I don't like being behind any other vehicles. So I will pass. I've I've been known to pass, you know, two or three cars at a time just to get out from behind, because it really, when I have to focus like that, it activate it. It really triggers the spasms. So if I can be driving and not have anything in front of me, my eyes will relax a little bit where I can just, you know, kind of use peripheral vision and, you know, my eyes will relax then a little bit where they can be open a little bit more. So I don't like being behind. That's why when that one cop pulled in front of me in the middle of winter going down a hill and start hitting his brakes. Oh, <laughs> dear. Whoa, you're you do not know what you're doing here, you know, and you know the yeah. the roads were clear but they were snow packed. <clears throat> but you could travel safely on them, you know. If you're mm-hmm. an experienced driver in snow, you can easily, you know, go a you know, you can go fifty or whatever. Um but he, he came out of the side road on this hill that I was coming down and I was probably going about 60, you know, but I, there was nobody in front of me. I knew where I was going. I knew, you know, the road. It wasn't like, you know, I was being dangerously aggressive on the road. But he pulls out in front of me and starts hitting his brakes, you know. And, and his his version was, well, I was trying to get you to slow down. I said, sir, if you knew what you were doing... <laughs> <laughs> that time. Mm, you know, that's the any, worst thing to do. Yeah, and anybody that drives in snow knows the worst thing you can do is start hitting your brakes when you're you're driving on a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You so, know, if you could, your brakes could lock. You could do all sorts of horrible things that could happen. Well, yeah. you know, the thing is. It wasn't so much for him, but for me trying to 
slow down so I didn't, you know, slam into him. Right. You know, it was like, okay, this this is not correct. So I went around him. I didn't know it was a cop. Yep. I didn't know it was a cop. It was an it was a unmarked car, a little mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it was some kind of a Jeep type of thing, you know, it was like no cop car I've ever seen. And all of a sudden I see the, you know but I just easily I just easily went around him. It, it's not like I was, you know, speeding up to get around him or anything like that. I just well, I'm not gonna sit here and start slamming my brakes and spinning out on here. I'm just going to go around. I thought I just thought it was some idiot, which he was an idiot, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm uh he, he stopped me then and and um I I'll I'll never forget, you know, he gave me a ticket for driving too fast for he says and at the time I didn't realize, you know, this is really stupid, but he said um well, I won't. I won't give you a ticket for going sixty. I don't know that he knew yeah. I was going sixty or not, but he says, "But I'll do. I'll do you a favor, and I'll. I'll just say you were going too fast for conditions." And little did I know that that meant that could be any speed. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't matter, you know, what conditions or or how how fast or how slow I'd be going. That was mm-hmm. his out, you know. And I, I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna be a little daring here. And when he handed me the ticket, I said, you know what? Something good is gonna come out of this. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I decided <laughs> I was gonna try and fight that ticket. And I went in, and <clears throat> little did I know that I didn't know what I didn't know, you know? Right. So. <laughs> And uh, I went in there and I tried to fight that thing. Instead of paying a $120 ticket, I got the privilege of having a three-month probation and $300 ticket to pay. <laughs> so I really didn't, didn't know what I didn't know. But um, I've learned a lot since then, you know. There you go. And... Um, I plead the fifth, right? <laughs> and have no counsel. Without counsel, yes. Have no so, counsel. Yeah. And I, so it's, you know, so I, I've learned how to maneuver, I guess you could say, my situation to accommodate my eye condition mm-hmm. until I figure out what to do. And I, you know, and every now and then, my eyes will just be relaxed, and it feels so good. <laughs> it's oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, I'll I'll take that. Yep, Have you ever you tried marijuana? Does that help at all? I I haven't. I don't know that I would be able to get a mar- medical marijuana um, card. I could talk to my doctor because he's finally maybe starting to listen to me and he has um uh, I, I think he's getting to where he's somewhere in the middle of traditional and uh functional medicine mm-hmm. but he um he has recommended CBD oil for the pain 
um, I have with my back from my car accident, and he he says we're gonna, you know, he's trying to see. They're starting to make the CBD oil where it's, you know, issue specific, and he says, you know, he's gonna keep looking to see if there's anything that you know would work and help with bluffer spasms. Um, so he, you know, I've. I've looked into the CBD oil, but not the marijuana. I don't know if he would um, go, you know, go that far. He he has, well, because of of my back, he has gone ahead and helped me get a disabled parking placard because <clears throat> it's really hard for me to walk long distances without hanging on to something or, or sitting down immediately or something. Um, I get this weakness in my lower back, and I just go, geez, all of a sudden I am i can't walk. But um, I still haven't gotten the, <laughs> the placard, but, you know, it's just so that I can park up closer where, you know, cause any store I go into, I have to grab a cart. Like by the time I get to where the carts are, I need the cart to lean on, and it, it's easier to to walk around. But if I'm out shopping for a great, you know, distance, it's you know, oh well, <laughs> I'm done. But it's just one of those trials and tribulations, yeah, I live with. But um, I. I hadn't thought about asking him for, you know, getting a medical marijuana card because it is it is legal in Illinois now. Okay. <laughs> so. Can I just on that? Yeah, go ahead, uh, yeah. Elaine. Yeah. Oh, one of the things that I um, first found out of about a month ago, and then I heard it again yesterday on the Alex Jones show is that those people with medical marijuana cards um, are in some states, the police are coming to their door and taking their weapons. Because if you are um, a a recipient of the medical marijuana, um, you know, card, then that states that you are mentally incapacitated. And And if you are mentally incapacitated, they have the right to take your weapons. Oh my gosh! Well, it's a good thing I don't have any. Then I guess. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, that's one of the reasons why I was thinking, you know, as raised conservator, when I was trying the CBD oil, I was thinking mm-hmm. of getting that, getting that, yeah. yes, Ray, getting a medical marijuana card, so that I could provide it to Ray. And then I heard about that, and I decided against it. Yeah. So. Well, good to know. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> because I've been thinking about, you know, purchasing a gun. <clears throat> just because I don't have any little kids around anymore, and it's just me, you know, so I don't really need to worry about it. I'd still keep it up, you know, because I do have them here occasionally, but um, I just want to go out and do some target practicing, you know. Have my yeah. own gun, but yeah, I, um, I enjoy that. I enjoy uh, shooting myself. I I always have, but um, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that 
kind of important to think about and to remember. You can yeah. get, it was interesting, remember when I told you guys that I had the state police here with a mental health officer? Yeah. And, and they were asking me all kinds of questions about my health. And I told them, well, I don't have health insurance. I don't have a doctor. And they said, well, you must be treating your crushed foot injury in some way. You must be dealing with pain management in some way because they were fishing, trying to find out mm-hmm. if I'm using medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. But in my case, thank God the doctors, uh, you know, fused my foot and cut all the nerves in my foot. So I don't feel pain. So thank God for that. But, yeah, that's what they were fishing for, just all about trying to get your weapons. Uh-huh. And that's a very important point because who have they taken the weapons away from most? The military soldiers, the former soldiers. And um, that is why they did it. They would be unarmed and they could be taken out. That's why so many of the military exiting service are being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. I mean, just Correct. right off the bat, you have post-traumatic stress. Um, yep. Yeah. There, there you go. What does that do? It labels you. Labels you for being incompetent. And that's not true. Not true at all. Because when you have post-traumatic stress syndrome, it's not an everyday occurrence. It is actually triggered. And what do they do most of the time to us? Trigger. They want people to have the stress. And this is why a lot of, why they're now starting to to talk so, uh, so much about the stress people are under. Stress is causing your illness. Stress this, stress that, stress the other thing. So it, it, it's all brain control. And this is why we have to be so cognizant of what's going on and why it's important. Oh, here's some uh, guest seven. I wish it was someone I who I know who guest seven is. I can't know. I don't know if it's... Uh... That's me, Elaine. Oh, it is you, Elaine. Okay, good. Um you did watch something on YouTube. What is this one on YouTube? That's a video of the, the doctor and and the other man, I can't remember his name, that started the Beacon 37 and, and, and the description of what they're doing. And they're saying they have a website on that video, but it doesn't come up. Uh, they, do no. have a, they do have a Facebook page, but... I was trying to get on that call last night, and I tried three times and still couldn't do it. So I just did a search for Beacon 37, and that video came up. Good, because uh, the website is no longer in existence. The lady that owns it has taken it down, and we had another gentleman building one, and that kind of went haywire. So um, the Facebook is a way to do it. And last night was the intro. So yeah, if ever you have that, that stuckness, call me 
authors got what you got four people on her call with her uh, um, Skype, so she's got a, uh, a whole array following. <laughs> oh, and I and I could hook you up, but what I'll do, Lane, is I'll text message you the information for the call, and may you know you might have a wrong number somewhere. Yeah, because you know my email is weird. Uh, I'll I'll look at an email, and if I want to come back to it, I'll keep it as new, and then I'll come back an hour later, and it's just completely deleted. This morning when I turned on my computer, wow. this morning when I turned on my computer to get on this, um, I closed out all my windows and I used Starts page from the previous night. And um, but when I turned on my computer, it was still open to the YouTube video I was watching before I uh, closed out, and I could hear two people talking through my speaker. Hey, do you have Oh, my goodness. goodness. Well, I, I see power in the line. I've got power. You know, it was really weird, I and it was because Google Chrome was open. So when I closed Google Chrome, I lost it. You've so, got to shut down all of Google stuff. Google is monopolizing everything. And it's very if you stop using them. I have it for my Gmail, but that's where uh, Colin has a good point. We need to go to unseen almost because Google is monopolizing everything. So uh, what I do at school, just to give you a for instance, if I left something open, anybody who came in after me, they could open my stuff. Even though we each have our own little category and we have to sign in, they could get into that document. So we shut down everything. Make certain every one of your tabs are closed and make certain everything is closed on your computer. And what I do is I turn off my power. I do not allow them to access anything in my house when I'm not available. And well, you need thing, to. I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, well, I, okay. I, another thing you need to be doing is clearing the cache. You need to clear the cache. That because uh, even if you don't, if you don't clear the cache, which actually, you know, deletes everything that you were doing, although. A forensic expert could go in and get it, you know, because it's not really gone unless you've mm-hmm. written over it. But clear the catch. That way, just the ordinary <clears throat> student or layperson can't, you know, access what you were working on. But if you don't clear the catch, they can. Okay. Turning off yeah. the computer and everything doesn't doesn't do that. It just turns off your computer. Um, but clear the catch. So that's what's so weird because I uh, I I have the uh, delete uh, thing from uh, on my toolbar on the bottom where you, and I click it before I go and clean everything out and then uh, up on the right hand um, side of whatever web web browser when I'm done I click on that and um, do delete history and then I have McAfee Shredder and I'm on Solar Power. So when I shut this thing off, I go out in the shed and turn off the solar generator. So there was no power coming into this at all. That's what's so weird. 
Oh, that's might, you might you might try on un, actually unplugging it from the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, because with it still having that connection through the wiring, I mean, because it sounds like you've got some real problems going on there. Um, but oh, that's what I was going to say on that. <clears throat> but I was I for you, Elaine. I would say unplug it from the wall, even. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. they can, they as long as it's plugged into the wall, they can access the camera. They can access, you know, all kinds of things through the mic and the and the camera. Yep. They have the way, and we want to stop them, and we have to have the a means to do it. So we don't. So you, uh, unplugging it will be the best source of doing it. Also, what I was going to say was the fact, for your sake, instead of having to go into your computer to get the information, and I I have this desk, and it has a little shelving on it, and I tack, I put um, stick'em things or even scotch tape, the list of the calls I have. Because I've called up Orphan saying, Orphan, what's Sunday energy's number, <laughs> password, and maybe out in Timbuktu, and I don't know, I don't have that really rest me. And so, <laughs> but she saved my bacon many times. So I well, see, I, I have everything. I have yeah, I have everything saved on Skype. So when I pull up a number, I've got the the access code and. I can access the phone numbers and everything. So I don't have the papers stuck up around. But, um, no, Elaine, I'll I'll text message you the Thursday night phone call information. And then you can look and see if maybe you have a number wrong or something. You tried dialing it wrong. Sometimes those conference lines just don't let you in, too. I've... I've had that, you know, problem sometimes. I mean, if you've got, if you look and you see you have the numbers correct, then it was just a something going on, and with the issues, it sounds like you're having with your computer. You know, I don't know. If you still have a, a problem, you can text me at any time, and I can go ahead and hook you into the call. Okay. Can uh, I go back? To but, but, but it, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just wanted to say. But I'll be calling from Skype, so it'll come up as unknown or something like that. So, but I yield. Go ahead. Yeah, I loved your text before, but I wanted—I heard the guy from that was on the call. I hope he still is from Monsanto or talking about Roundup. And yeah. uh, I lived in uh, Iowa. He had to leave. He had to leave. He usually goes oh. to work about now, so he had to be at work. Okay, oh, go man. ahead. Well, what I was going to say is I I lived in Iowa for two years as a farm worker. And uh, I used to walk what's called walk the bean field. And uh, I I lived uh, or lived and worked on a large farm. And during that time, what was happening is the the government or the agricultural uh, government deities were telling farmers they had to use Monsanto seeds. Mm-hmm. And during that time, there was also a big drought in um, Iowa at the time. And uh, a lot of farm, a lot of crops were going down. 
uh, corn was just dead and brown and falling over in the fields. But the ones that were able, that had the irrigation uh, system in place and had the money were able to keep their crops going somewhat. But what was happening was that the farmers that had their fields that died would have to go back to the granary to get more seeds. And by that time, the first place that was hit was the granary. And they were, uh, you know, given a uh, money, a cost cut to sell uh, the Monsanto, the seeds. So think about this. Then I moved here to Iowa. And if a farmer, going back to Iowa, if a farmer didn't buy the Monsanto seeds, they couldn't get the government subsidies to continue to run their ag, their farm business. So a lot of farmers mm-hmm. went out, a lot of farmers. There were a lot of auctions where people were selling their combines, you know, those are like eighty, ninety, dollars $100,000 machines as big as a house. Uh, they were selling their combines in order to keep maybe one crop field. Um, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't have to shut their whole farming down. But one of the things that when I moved here to Taos, they have these things called the tishas. Now, and every area of um, Taos has um, a commissioner for that area that says, okay, we know our only irrigation is to get run off from the snow, from the mountaintops, and we know the path of the water flows, so we have to clear out the acacia. So any landowner uh, in that acacia area, and they're all over, is responsible for helping out to clear the ditch. It's just a ditch to come with shovels and clear it out so that the water can flow freely to the irrigated land for growing. In most cases, they grow hay for cattle. So out here, it's hay and farming, or I mean cattle raising and hay. Um, that's the main crops that are growing out here. But what I found is the acacias, when the water flows off, so basically they're just growing wild grass and or hay. They don't use, to my knowledge, a lot of fertilizer and pesticides and all that kind of stuff because, after all, it's only for the cows. And so it's called grass-fed beef, local grass-fed beef. But when the uh, acacias drain down and you look at the water as it's flowing through, there is iridescent colors floating on top of the water. That's chemical mm. from the, mm. the ground that is being cleared away, even though they're not using, you know, so then you think about it. So that water seeps into the soil, it, it's absorbed into the grass, and the cattle eat it and their grass-fed beef. So mm-hmm. I, I think we should be looking at, you know, how to detox ourselves because I think our, our ag business, the land, the ground, the seeds, everything else, is already corrupted with the chemical contaminants. And that's a great uh, first-hand eyewitness news report that all of us can heed because that's how they came in with all of the, um, what do you call it, the wonderful effect of having these farm cooperatives. 
the farm cooperatives were purely there to take over the growing of the food away from the private owner. And that's how they did it, coercion and making certain the people had nothing they could really barter with because their equipment was all they had left and it was being sold for them to survive. And, and it had... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I just, I'm sorry, but I just wanted to add, so the following year, the refineries where the farmers would go buy seeds they were first hit by the ag, the government ag business to purchase only Monsanto. So then the farmers sell that back and put it up in silage or in silos or the refineries put it up in silos. So the refineries mm-hmm. that signed the contract to only distribute Monsanto seeds would only receive Monsanto seeds. So then if mm-hmm. a farmer said, no, I'm not going that way, I'm going to have my own seeds, uh, they weren't able to sell it because the refineries were hit first. Now you got the rest of the collusion. That's exactly how they did it. They made them, they forced them out of business. Farming is a business, nothing else. And if it doesn't produce anything, they go out of business. That's why we had the dust fall. Supposedly we had all this... Um, uh, dry fields and no rain. Why wasn't there rain? What was causing the rain to to have that happen in the 30s? I don't know. We've never gotten a solution to that one. But it is the fact that we were, we've been coerced and everything and stolen everything from us. So this is why Beacon 37 is so valuable at this time to get it completed. So it's moving forward. Thanks for that eyewitness news report, Elaine. You were there when they were doing the collusion and the uh, uh, manipulation of the farmers. It's only now, my brother told me in Oregon, where they have farmer co-ops of those that are not Monsanto's, and when they start saying this is bad, the people are now listening. And they still get beaten at the polls, but that doesn't say that the people haven't learned something. That's why more and more of the food on our shelves is standing there, and the people are not buying it at all. So it's good. Yeah, I was thinking when you were saying, you know, you're walking the bean fields, Elaine. I remember doing that myself. You know, it was probably one of my very first jobs I ever had. You know, I was in high school, and I would go out, and I was hired to uh, de-rogue corn, detassel corn, and to walk the bean fields getting the weeds out. So, and, I, you know, in my later years, I'm going... Why don't we ever see that anymore? This is before I knew about, you know, the Monsanto stuff. And you don't see anybody walking the bean fields. You don't see anybody detasseling. They don't need to detassel because the the corn is sterile. That's why they mm-hmm. can't grow, you know, use seeds from their own crops to grow more 
more crops, they have to buy more seed from Monsanto's because the, the corn is sterile. So are the beans, I think. I don't know. I don't know about the beans. The corn, you don't have to detassel anymore. There you I don't even know you. if they. I don't. I don't know if they even have male and female corn. Because I know when I when we would go out and detassel, we would detassel the male corn, and they were the mm. rows like four or five rows of corn on the outside. It ran the perimeter of the crop, <clears throat> and we would go those rows and pull off the tassels. Um, Interesting. And that, you know, so the female corn was on the inside of the crop and the males were on the outside. But you don't see them detasseling. You don't see them detasseling anymore. So it's like, they're all sterile. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, as a city gal, would never have known that. And so you're giving me a lesson. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a farm girl. I was city, basically, even though we lived out in the country. But we didn't, we weren't farmers or anything. But mm-hmm. I wanted a job, and I, you know, or I wanted money. I guess I don't, I don't know <laughs> which one it was. I was in high school. You know what? What do you want back then? But right, right. you know, I knew I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't. We didn't get an allowance. You know. So if I wanted mm-hmm. anything other than what my parents gave me, which, you know, they they supplied what we needed. That was good enough. But if we wanted anything else, we had to go work for it. And so I, and my brothers and sisters worked for, well, my oldest sister, my oldest brother, and my brother, my two younger brothers all worked for my dad with his camper business. But for some reason... I never was included in that group. So, like, I thought, okay, I'm going to go out and get my own money. And I and I went out and, you know, there was an ad somewhere I found out, you know, detasslers wanted. And we'd go into into town and get on a bus and they'd take us out to this cornfield and we'd go out and derogue the corn. And when it came to came time to detassel, would do that. If they needed the beans walked, would walk the beans. So it was a good experience. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I almost died once. Going. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you'd think there would be a lot of oxygen in there. You know, plants give off oxygen. But it was mm-hmm. so hot going in the row. It was like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I couldn't see the end of the row, and it was so hot I was going to pass out. And I'm... I've finally made it to the end, and they're all looking at me like, we were wondering what happened to you. I said, I about died in there, really. I'm not coming back. (laughs) That was when I I quit. But I I still had a really good experience. But, yeah, you talking about, you know, walking the beans, Elaine, that brought back that memory, you know, and, and you just don't see that. Every now and then mm-hmm. I'll see a crop that you can see weeds popping up, but you still don't see anybody going out there and, you know, getting the weeds out. But it mm-hmm. makes me wonder if that's a, you know, a non-Monsanto crop, you know. You don't, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, the same thing happened to me walking beans. I, um, I got heat stroke, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I remember the same thing. Everything got fuzzy. Everything got dizzy. I felt very, very hot. And the last thing I remember was slow motion falling to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the last time I watched Beans and Swell. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> I was in the so, corn. I know the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was in the corn when it happened to me. And, and if I hadn't have suddenly seen... The because uh, I was walking the whole time, but I just never seeing the end of the row. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got to get out of here, and I was just about ready to pass out when mm-hmm. I saw the end. And you know, it's it's that last little survival. You know, <laughs> you've got to survive, and and you just put everything you've got into it to get out and I mm-hmm. did and I finally was able to take a breath and uh, I got revived a little bit but I thought I'm not going to you know I can't do that it's just mm-hmm. it's too much but they were you all what? standing out there waiting for me because <laughs> you know his, the, the guy knew you know what rows we were doing so they were standing there waiting but they couldn't figure out why I wasn't coming out of there and I was I was walking very slowly, apparently. But <clears throat> it's surprising they didn't go in to search you if they knew which rows you were in, because yeah. each, it can take people out pretty quick. Yeah, and I and I think it was starting to get to that point where they were wondering, hmm, I wonder if we need to go looking for her because she's been in there too long, you know. Yeah. yeah. Because they, they, they didn't leave and go elsewhere. You know, they were waiting for me to come out of there, and they were relieved to finally see me, you know. But I I told them, I said, I can't do this. I, I about died in there. Seriously, yeah. I about died in there, people. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't coming back. I'm sorry. But I, I had fun doing it while I was doing it, you know. Beans were interesting to walk. I liked the detasseling. That was fun. But the deroging, the deroging was was challenging because you're down in the corn. You know, oh. that's where there was no air down there. You know, no. you'd think you know since plants give off oxygen, there'd be plenty of oxygen, but it was almost like there was almost like too much oxygen. You know. Um, mm. And with the heat, there was no ventilation. Mm-hmm. There was no room to put any carbon dioxide out <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but anyway, I yield. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's very interesting. I know in um, California, up uh, going up the coast, during Halloween time, they have the maze. And you can walk the maze, but they do have to keep track of where you are. These people have gotten lost in mazes and not found. So it's important to uh, either go with someone else or be aware or leave a trail or something so that you can get out. My my grandmother used to live in Iowa when she was a little girl, and that's what she used to tell us, yeah. You had to keep track of where you were. Otherwise, you did have a problem. 
They had a major problem. So. Lots of learning. So uh, we got our first snow here. And what's weird is last year at this time, there was almost three feet of snow on the ground. And this year, wow. um, this year nothing, nothing at all. And um, before we got a snow, I think it was, oh, I don't know, three days ago. <laughs> but um, but it was like maybe two inches of snow, and it stayed on the ground until the sun, until mid-afternoon. But a few days prior to that, the skies were full of uh, X, you know, checkerboards in the sky, and then it was mm-hmm. a white the chemical sky. trail. Yeah. The chemical then, trail, yeah. They've been spraying so much around here. We had spring this morning and fog. So well, you know is... what? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm I'm standing here looking at one of my trees out in the front, and it has little buds on it. I'm yep. going, tree, you are confused. And what? I'm going. Why have bloomed? Your what has bloomed? Azaleas have bloomed. Oh, oh wow! That's how confused they are. <laughs> They're totally confused. Yep. This poor squirrel's going to get run over by a car here any minute if it doesn't get out of the middle of the road. <laughs> it's confused too. <laughs> well, they they started gathering their nuts here mm-hmm. in mid-August, as I've said before. And now they don't need the nuts because it's not that cold. And we have mm-hmm. a cold day. We had frost all over the ground. When I, Thanksgiving, uh, was it Thanksgiving? The day after Thanksgiving, Friday, I had to put the heater on and sit and defrost my windows for the ice that was on it. My son and his daughter and their family were up in Chicago. They had 60-degree weather Chicago at Thanksgiving. And uh, we had frost the morning. Every every piece of land around uh, their uh, subdivision had frost. And I get over here, and we didn't have frost over here. But then a couple of mornings later, we had frost here, and I had to sit there and defrost the window. So it's it's like, what are they doing that is contaminating our weather? What is it they're doing? It's the um, harp stuff. And they have so confused everything about the weather that the weather has no way of straightening it out anymore. There's just no way to straighten it out. I think it would straighten out if they quit doing what they were doing. Nature would take over and do what it's supposed to, but they won't. They're not going to do that. Well, the reason they're not is because of the fact they want to keep controlling everything. Mm -hmm. So we've we've got to keep on our toes at all times and do some ballet steps. I guess would be the best thing to do. Learn how to walk on our toes. Yeah, that's what being on your toes. <laughs> Just giving a little levity in it. But I did hear something yesterday on National Liberty Alliance 
that Robert was sharing with us, and it was about the fact that, um, now I've been seeing it in emails, where there are something like thousands of indictments against many of the group, and you know who the group is, and many of those people are having problems getting around. There's been videos out where they're showing that our wonderful former candidate for president slipped and fell and has a leg break. What they think it is is that they are um, they can't leave their houses. They're, what do you call those, um, mili- the police things where um, you can only go so far and, and they'll be all over you because you went out of the zone? It's, it's kind of like a, under house and, arrest? Yes, that's what it is, house arrest. I, ca- I can't remember what he said it was called, but it is absolutely a house arrest. So more of them are being hampered that way. They're not making calls. They're not ma- I mean, not calls, but they're not traveling or doing any out-of-the-house type stuff except, oh, we just said, they have had weird accidents. We think that the, the, uh, how they are um, assigned to their house, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> Martial law. Go ahead. What? That's martial law where you're not allowed to leave your house. <laughs> you know. Well, that's what they want to do on us. What he, yeah. uh, what uh, Trump is doing is doing it on them, and that's the thing that's really interesting. And and Robert, see, I didn't pay attention to a lot of the stuff because I knew I wasn't going to be voted. However, what he said was that Trump said, you're not going to know when I'm taking these people out. I'm not going to be advertising it. However, I keep reading about it, and I said, stop advertising. Get the job done. And uh, they are, I guess, uh, much more so than I thought. So maybe, maybe there's progress. Progress is being made. We just aren't in that loop for it, which is maybe good, because then they can't get away from it. I'd, I'd want them all caught. <laughs> want them all caught and put out of our misery. <laughs> so things are happening, and we just don't know all of what's happening. But something's going on. We just want it faster. I, that's my, my theme song. I just want it faster, faster, faster. So, but it's it's going to happen when it happens, so that's good. So anything else that you want to talk about? It's now 1029, so we're flying along for the first day of, uh, of December. <laughs> uh, Wonder Ann, this is Don. I got a couple questions. Yeah, go ahead, Don. Uh, a while back, we uh, talked about uh, FOIA, and I've got a question on uh, what is the difference 
where I live in Iowa, uh, be the same in every state. What is the difference between Iowa FOIA and federal FOIA? Do you know? I do not. And I, do, uh, I don't know who would have that answer. I uh, went to, you know, I filed for you after you've mentioned that, and uh-huh. then I've been back to agents, different agencies, and uh, I get to comment about Iowa for you, but they don't uh, seem to uh, uh, know what uh, federal for you is with the uh, agency. That's weird. And then secondly, uh, uh, how do you enforce a federal FOIA? Well, the the materials were primarily, I thought, for the federal. Oh, I know what it is. Um, Marilyn had some of that. Let me send you the lesson on that. And she told us how to check it out for the state because each does have their own regulation and let's see if that might help you out uh, okay um, you know we got open records there um, like in most states I suppose um, so I don't know if uh, some of them are getting confused between the open records laws in the state of Iowa and federal FOIA and I don't know why why they would get um, mixed up because they should be knowing what they're doing. Oh, please, Donnie. When we when I was in law and we were doing anything that had to do with the courts or with a with a government uh, uh, person, we had to call three times to get a consensus. Really, do not know. They really, really do not. And uh, they're told one thing, then they change it on them. And that's, that's been purposeful, we found, because of the fact it keeps the people unstable. And they want us unstable. So this is why we're doing the Beacon 37, so that we can finally stabilize all this insanity in the control of the people rather than being in the control of these insane people. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. Dealing so what, with these people, who knows what makes sense. Yeah, really, because we're learning all the time. And I'll tell you, they did years ago I want to kind of put a year on it if I can. It was somewhere between 2010 and 2012 when the judges all got together, judges and lawyers got together and wrote a book, booklet, about the sovereign, uh, about sovereign citizens. And it really what it pertained to was how they were going to stop it in the courts. And this is why so much of what people have said and done in the courts keeps backfiring. Or someone does a brilliant thing, like we had one gal go in and said, 
I object, and I want to see who's giving me the, um, I want to see the bond of who's accusing me, and if they have, and there's five lines that you say for everything that the judge says. But Jim has given us one that's eight, eight words. I invoke the fifth and have no counsel. They can't go any place with that. There's no, you're not contracting with them. You're not doing anything. So that's when a cop stops you. That's what Orpha was referring to earlier about um, I, I have the fifth, but, you know, whatever way you say it, make certain it comes out with, I declare the fifth, I invoke the fifth, and have no counsel. They must let you have counsel, and then we have a way of getting rid of them. So with the FOIA, it's a Freedom of Information Act, and it may be labeled differently in Iowa. So I'll get that uh, lesson for you and send it to you by email. So Donnie, lesson on FOIA. What lesson number is that? I I don't know. Uh, Okay. Uh, can you get into yours? I can't leave the uh, site because that'll screw me up. No, I'm still trying to find all mine. Because there's, right at the beginning, <clears throat> Phyllis didn't have, you know, had several email addresses, so I'm having to go to all these emails to try to find where all the class lessons went. Well, let so me send trying. them to you because I've got them in, a, in my file. Let me send you all the lessons. Instead of you going through all that, that's that's so much time. So uh, okay. and then yeah, and then uh, Orpha, all lessons. Okay. Yeah, just just, just put pressure. just put in the subject, you know, lessons or something like that. Right. That way, I'll know yeah. that that's a different. And then just put that in there, not nothing else. Yeah, that's okay. fine. I'll do that. Thanks, and thanks, thanks. For you, Donnie, the same. I'll put it in. I think we had two on the FOIAs. The first one was the federal that I sent you, but I'll resend it anyhow. And then the uh, the second one was for the us to do in our state. So that's cool. But I, I have to do a FOIA just to bring this back around the circle on my IRS stuff. Because they're stealing the money from me, and it's really making a hardship for me. And uh, I get paid today. Uncle's going to pay me my depleted amount because IRS is going to take their $245 before I ever get a penny. And it really hurts when you only get paid once a month. So it pisses me off. So I have to get all my FOIA thing. And that's what I'll be doing uh, these, this next week, I have three things that I have to get done. My mag grab for three mag grabs, get on my, uh, this class I took this summer that I haven't been able to touch at all this semester, and then um, get the FOIA done. Because we'll be, uh, oh, I, I do want to announce that we are completing the, um, the, um, legal case against the city and county of Spartanburg on the smart meters. We've gotten them all notarized. This this doctor, he's a vet, is so marvelous. He is really just 
donating all the time and the paper. And our other guy is a printer. So the mass of printing, he's donating. And uh, then we're going to get them all mailed. And I have two of my friends that are going to be the witnesses. So they're learning about it. But uh, these two gentlemen and another lady, they were at the county. I got there almost 45 minutes later because I got the wrong time. And they had already addressed it to the, to the city council that here's your stack of paper and information on the harm smart meters do. And, and we, he categorically told them this is what it is. We didn't say anything about what we're doing from empowerment. And then we went to county the next week, and I was there when they made their uh, presentation with the same stack of papers for every county member and the speech that the doctor gave. And then Michael, our printer, got up and got right in their face and said, this is what it's doing to us. And, and how it is affecting everyone. And within the week, now that was the Monday of Thanksgiving. Yesterday was uh, Thursday. They were calling him two and three times on Tuesday or Wednesday from Duke Energy, our power source, saying, oh no, you don't have to have a smart meter. He has been fighting with this very same woman for a year and a half and not put that smart meter on. And they've been threatening him and doing all sorts of things. And um, I very fortunately and he very fortunately, he has three of them, the business, his home, and his mom's home. And she's in her 80s or something like that. And they have that smart meter. It's just a tiny little house like I have. And... He said for them to do it would be very detrimental health-wise. And the woman said, you've got to have the smart meter. Well, she called two and three times on, as I said, Tuesday or Wednesday, saying that, oh, you don't need the smart meter. It's okay. You're going to be fine. We won't do that. You're okay. And it was a direct result of what was said at the county meeting because even the chairman of the county said, you know, I've read something about this, but I don't know enough. Now he has this. It was over 800 uh, sheets, but it's 1,500 pages. It was double-sided. So you know you know the height. 500 is in a, a ream, so it's 300 more, so it's a ream and a half. So this was a lot of paper. So these they're not going to read it all, but they can go through it and see things that are, are pertinent. Tomorrow, uh, Monday, we will be having them mailed by our witnesses, and they will go out to all of the county, all of the city, and to the head of Duke Energy. She's going to get two, one from the county and one from the city. So she is double whammied. And they're afraid of it now because they've heard what it's doing in other cities. It's starting to spread across this country, so I can only encourage you if you're not dealing with Beacon 37, do do something to gather people together. Empowerment, I-N-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T dot com. 
and you will get all the documentation. They explain exactly how to do it. And the doctor said, I didn't deviate from anything. He said it took me five times. He even left underneath that the point of this is where you put the name, this is where you put the thing. I would have erased all those. But he said, do not, it says in there specifically, do not alter it. So this is, you know, it's all a learning experience. So if you're interested, go to that site and see what you can learn and do in, in your area because it's, it's another way they are killing the people. And it, it's also what they're doing around the schools, the cell towers, that's radiation. All of this. It's the food, the air, the electronics. So. Does this mean when you get this done that they will not be charging you with that extra money that they're going to be charging you because you didn't upgrade? Correct. Not just me, but all the people. We're doing it right. for the I'm, people. Yeah. Right. I, I, I understand that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to connect the dots there that that's going to take care of that issue then. That's what we're, we're working on, and that is what they'll do. Now, this was an interesting thing on one of the videos that I have. Oh, I know. David Scheid up in uh, Michigan has this really good video that I meant to send to Bill and to, to the others. And I'll send it out to you guys because it's very well done documentary. In it, he was telling us that the old meters, the analog meters where he had the little teeny dials and stuff like that, were good for 24 years. I'd never heard of any meters being changed out. Then all of a sudden with these smart meters, they're changing them out. They wanted to change mine. Mine's an old smart meter. It's a digital. So it's an old one. But the newer ones have a little key thing. I thought it was kind of like a button or something, but in his video, he shows that it's a key thing. And it must open up the the panel so that they can see in or do correction or whatever. They're, those smart meters are only good for 10 to 12 years. So imagine how much they can change them and make them even stronger and a bigger spy machine. Because that's what they are. They are spy machines. My daughter-in-law, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I'll repeat it just in case people don't hear it the first time. My daughter-in-law got her, her smart meter. It's my son and, and his wife. They got their smart meter, and they got their electric was lowered down because the electric company told them they were using too much electricity. That's the control. She thought it was really nice. I said, that's control, Bearded. They're controlling your use of your own house electricity and lighting. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. And I can't make it through there through that wall so I don't fight with it. It's yeah. really there's they're connecting with your smart appliances, your smart TV, your smart phones, your smart computer, 
whatever has smart on it, they're all going to be tied in. That's and I have a little. <laughs> Go ahead. I have a little anecdote on that smart thing. My son told me oh, it was a while back. He says, "You need a smart speaker." And I said, "What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't have enough smart stuff in this house." And um, he said, "Oh, never mind. You'll find out soon." Well, then I got delivered this smart speaker, and <clears throat> anybody that has seen or heard the commercial, and I better turn my. The mic is muted. That's my smart speaker. Did you hear that? The mic is muted yeah, well, what, because what is hey? It says your mic is muted. I muted it because what you do to activate it, you go, okay, Google, and it would have, you know, the little lights would have been turning around and it was listening, and you ask it a question, you know. Well, I've been, I've been asking it questions, just playing around with it, um, you know, because I got so much smart stuff here, one other thing isn't really going to matter a whole lot anymore until I get rid of all of it, but anyway... <clears throat> And I'll ask it a question like, can you, okay, Google, can you tell me, um, or can you warn me when a, a, a tornado is coming or something like that? You know, I, I did that once because we had tornadoes that were, we were getting tornado warnings. And it says, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that right now. <laughs> well, what the hell good are you? That's you exactly my point. <laughs> well, if you can't, you know, I, I can ask it, you know, how do you spell a word or, mm-hmm. you know, other things. I guess it kind of goes off, if it's on the Internet, you know, I can ask, okay, how far is the town from me or how long does it take to get there or, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But something, you know, my life is in danger because there's tornadoes. You know, can you warn me when one is really close and I need to run down to the basement? Oh, I can't right. help you with that. I don't know how to help you with that. I'm learning. <laughs> how Doesn't smart help are you? you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't you know, help just... you. But, yeah, all these smart things, it's like, yeah, you're smart up to a point and then you go no further. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the scary part of it. People get so enamored with it that they stop thinking and only rely on that like we do with the medical field and how the medical field knows everything. No, they don't. No one knows everything. <laughs> We're always yeah. learning, and when you close your mind to learning, they've got you. And that's the part that really scares me, is the <clears throat> fact that they've got you so well that you're willing to totally give up your control over your life. Well, it's just like with the food. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I put a, I saw a chart thing, come by, you know, it kind of compared organic with with um, conventional foods, <clears throat> the nutrient value in them, you know, what 
the amount of minerals and stuff found in you know the organic foods compared to the the conventional and I thought it was an interesting chart whether it was completely accurate I didn't know I just was putting it out there to you know have people pay attention more than anything and um <laughs> as opposed to you know this is accurate you know I wasn't going for that I was just, you know planting that seed <laughs> oh my god my my youngest son gets on there you know and it's oh there's no difference you know in a blind taste test you can't you know taste it you can't see it you, you know the only thing that you can see is a difference in price and i said granite you probably can't you know taste it immediately because it's not an immediate effect Mm-hmm. As, as you say, one around effect, but it's um. Then you know someone else, you know, a good friend in the same generation as my sons, um, puts up a a post on how that was mis misin misinformation or mis. What was it? Miss something. Um, misquoted. I think that's what it said. It was misquoted. Because they they were kind of talking about something else other than just being a comparison between organic and and conventional. And I said, whether it is or not, you know, there is a difference because the soil has been depleted of all the minerals and all the the good stuff that gives the plants their nutritional value. And I said, and we're the about the only country left that is pushing GMO foods on us. Mm-hmm. You know, most other countries have banned that stuff. And <clears throat> I said Monsanto is a a good example, you know. Everybody seems it's like my one son. He hates, absolutely hates Monsanto, but yet he is adamant about eating processed foods and won't <laughs> eat any, you know, good stuff. You know, so I'm going well. You don't hate him too much because you sure love the food or what's well, called the is, food. He probably doesn't get that. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. The processed food is Monsanto. He probably yeah. doesn't connect those dots. I know. And so I'm, you know, without going right directly to my sons, I'm trying to put the seed out there where they see it. But, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, I wind up getting into these head-banging arguments with my, my youngest son. He's very vocal on a lot of this stuff. He's vocal politically he's vocal you know on the on the food he's vocal on the vaccines he's vo- you know he's just vocal 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 and it it's really a head bashing situation to even try and convince him otherwise so usually i just quit even talking you know yeah <laughs> you know i just i'm not going to i'm i i didn't put this up here to have a debate, although I enjoy debates, but not this kind, you know. 
when I, I just wanted to plant a seed out there for people to be aware and start thinking about it. And it's like, <laughs> a no, no use, don't even try situation. You know, yeah, it's the, no it's totally a no win. The, the, the corporation, like like we say on our Beacon Thirty Seven calls, they do a wonderful job for the corporation. Mm-hmm. For the you know, they, yeah, they have got. <clears throat> although I think. In some ways, um, these kids, and I'll say the millennials, because those are like my kids' ages. They, you know, because they're they're very electronic, but um, they seem to be very smart about a lot of stuff, but they are still programmed (laughs) and and with all the foods and the vaccinations and stuff until they see firsthand um, you know what it's doing what the food is doing and stuff they won't listen but even when they do see their health decline they don't associate it with the food they're eating no Mm-mm. They nobody wants to say that the food that they're eating is causing them to be sick, and mm-hmm. that is um, that's that's really the worst part about it. And I think it's because you know if you can't eat your food, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> it's not like if you get addicted to drugs, you can just quit the drugs. You know, or go to you know go someplace and go into rehab. You can't do that with food. And it's so expensive to buy organic food that people are just really caught between a rock and a hard spot. You know? And it's really, really sad. And, you know, looking at these vaccines, these kids now, you know, oh, get your kids vaccinated, you know? And I I look at the, the schedule that they've got these from the time from the time that they're born. You know, it used to be like when I even when I had my kids vaccinated, and I did, I didn't know any better. But like when I got vaccinated as a kid, those vaccines were nowhere close to what they are now. And even when my kids got vaccinated, they were not even as bad. I mean, I I know my kids, I did not put them through this schedule. By the time, uh, when I looked at this one schedule, I looked at that and I thought, my God, these kids are going in like almost every two weeks for a vaccine. And it's ridiculous. They, they, they're being overloaded with these vaccines. The schedule that they're on is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The one side that showed vaccines back in, I don't remember what year it was, you know, you're looking at like maybe five or six vaccines. <laughs> now you're looking at over a hundred. And this is what this chart was looking, you know, showing. I'm going, oh my God, no wonder, you know, all the autism and all the stuff that people don't want to believe that 
aut- the autism is caused by these vaccines. They don't, you know, I'm the sorry. programming, huh? Yeah, go ahead, finish. Oh, the the programming is is just unreal about these vaccines, how they will not hurt you. And then you get hurt, and they still don't believe you. No. Anyway, and, I yield. And, and part of what you're saying, too, is they start at months. They're months old. Yeah. They're not yeah. years old. Our kids didn't start any of this until they were years old. Right. That's, That's what I'm saying. That's caused the problem. They're too mm-hmm. young to have this kind of poison put into their body. And we used to have the PT, what is it, PTPs or something like that, which was the tip, uh, the whooping coughs, measles, and diphtheria or something like that. We didn't have all this chemical crap that was put on. Right. It's just unbelievable how much they're doing it. And that's that's what's scary. That is really what's yeah. scary. Yeah, this one chart was saying the the safe limit, um, if there is a safe limit for mercury, they're saying safe limit for a two-year-old baby, or was it two-month-old? It doesn't matter. I think it's too young for either one of them, but it was 25 mechagrams. And oh, in these God. vaccines, they are putting 250 Mechagrams, yep, in a vaccine, they are getting a thousand times I don't know how. more. Yeah, it's about and it's a thousand ridiculous. times more. And and the thing is, though, that's just in one vaccine. They're going back yeah. for other vaccines, more yeah. and more and more. Um, I, I watched one of these things that was. Um, it was on YouTube about this baby, two years old, took him in. He was, you know, they showed it, how how he was active, playful, happy, and everything. And then all of a sudden he had this vaccine, and he started getting this, um, seizures. well, not seizures. Um, he was becoming, he started getting sickly. You know, they're mm-hmm. sick sick things and lethargic and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And I can't remember how long it took, but I don't think he made it to his third birthday and he died. Correct. Um, <clears throat> he was a boy, there. too. Yep. He was a boy. <laughs> Hadn't it even thought about that. That yeah. aspect didn't even come out. But it did come out that, you know, if you look at the deaths of these children um, or when the illnesses happen, they coincide with the, um, I think they said, if you look at the schedule, the vaccine schedules for these vaccines on these children, the ones that are being, that do wind up showing an effect from it. Um, they're like three, seven, nine, you know, months. Mm-hmm. Months. Because you don't, you don't see, you know, the effects of these vaccines at two, four, six, eight, you know, months. 
it's it's it they directly coincide with these vaccination schedules. And he said and people just aren't putting it together. People just will not see it. Cuz well, they I, think that their kid, you know, is going to, you know, keep from getting the disease, you know, especially these stupid flu vaccines. Um going to keep them getting, you know, whatever it is these you know, it used to be way back before vaccines even came into existence. People got the regular disease and they got immunity from it. Now, yeah, right. there are some things I do believe that maybe a good vaccine would be necessary. I think smallpox was, you know, possibly a good one. But now, who knows what the hell is in it, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, no they, – they found a very good – way to and who knows they're probably being chipped at the same time they're getting these stupid vaccines i don't know but it's it's ridiculous anyway go ahead i'm i yield can i add go ahead go ahead uh elaine i know you have a good presence on that well what i'm going to say is um, recently i i've seen and you can look it up on youtube well, Bill Gates has created a new vaccine that's mm-hmm. given given to infants a couple weeks after birth, mm-hmm. and, and what it is is a it has all of the um, levels of dosages of you know vaccines that you need that are normally given stretched out over a period of time in a time release capsule. And it's given to these infants within two weeks of birth. But it's enough dosage to actually kill them. And if you uh, look it up on YouTube, uh, intensive care nurses and vaccines or Google that, and the nurses are saying now even preemies are being given these vaccines. Oh, my God. And what is happening is they're, they're dying. They, the nurses have to have an evac unit or something, I forgot the word, but to resuscitate them because mm-hmm. if, they're, if they're given the vaccine intravenously, a lot of children go into cardiac arrest. I bet. Absolutely. Immediately. And then somebody posed the question to the Bill Gates people, well, what happens if the, you know, you say it's time release and it's a mega dose, but it's, you know, it's it's released over time. What happens if the, if the capsule is punctured and all of this is released immediately into the people? And there was no real answer on that. But I can say for, for my son, Ray, uh, he was born, except for the fact that he was 22 inches long, and my body frame was small, so he was scrunched up pretty good and had scoliosis of the spine, which could have been corrected mm-hmm. uh, over time if it had been diagnosed. But he was a normal baby. I mean, I have before and after pictures, and he made eye contact, he smiled, he laughed. Um, you call his name and he look at you. Immediately after that vaccine, that night, 
He had grand mal seizures and had to take him to the emergency room. Yep. Um, um, uh-huh. And he he also had thrush, which is the inflammation uh-huh. of the, the esophagus and the tongue, and it was almost closed up. Yeah. And thrush I, thrush is a uh, candida. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and um, and I did treat him for candida and. Um, I couldn't get a doctor to diagnose, but I looked it up online and found, you know, my own answers to that. Mm-hmm. But and then I I got a doctor from New York to come out and, and evaluate Ray and treat him for candida. But the thing is, is that um, like within the week or two after vaccination. My son no longer looked at you. He no longer said mama da da. He he no longer tried to walk. He had been grabbing furniture and trying to stand and walk. He no longer did that. But what he would do is crawl over to the screen door and, and place his, the side of his face on it and look peripherally out through the corner of his eye. And he did that all day long if I let him. Mm. Why did he do that? Because he was trying to get peripheral stimulation, visuals, you know, how autistic people mm-hmm. them. So he had gone to, you know, trying to get stimulation from the environment, from people, from, you know, interaction with other people to object-oriented self-stimulation immediately. And then he continued huh. to have seizures the first couple months. I literally had to take him to the emergency room once a week because of loss of consciousness and grand mal seizures. Wow. And that's the point. You have a perfect example. That's why candidates, the grandson or uh, what, his child had the same thing. Again, it's a male. If you took a body count of all the autistic children, they're males. Yeah, Why? that's true. Why? Who is your most productive? Who would be your military? I mean, we've got to look at what this is all about. And who is pregnant? Go off our, our male population. Mm-hmm. And make them incapable. Listen to that word. Incapable of having a real life. Right, and it is devastating. Um, when I was in the, um, after Ray was born and then his father left, and I was totally freaked out. There was such a stigmatism to the label autism, and I was totally freaked out. It's like, oh my God, then his dad left, and it's like, oh my God, now I'm a single parent, and oh my God, <laughs> you know, and I know nothing of this. So I worked for a, a company. As a regional marketing director, I had a very good salary for a woman. Uh, yes, Ramson. And um, but I didn't know anything about autism at all. I quit my job and I went to work as a teacher's aide in special ed for LA County because I thought that's the only way I'm going to learn how to take care of my son. And so in the 18 years that I worked for L.A. County Special Ed, um, let me get that, Uh, in all those instances, because I had an autistic son, which is ironic, 
they had me working with autistic people, and because I was getting a lot of behavioral intervention training, they had me working a designated instructional service to um, work, you know, with behaviors of autistic children. But the thing is, is that the majority, I only came across two autistic girls in 18 years, two. Mm -hmm. And I used to travel what was called a satellite DIS. So I would go to every different school location when they had a severe behavioral case and work with autistic kids. And um, the two that were girls were more severe behaviorally than any of the boys I encountered. Wow. And and so I, I used to say, well, thank God raised my girl. <laughs> you know? But it's really true. It's, it's the majority of statistically uh, those that are autistic have, one, developed the symptoms after vaccination. And two, um, you know, have the severe pain, the nonverbal form of autism, which is Hanner's uh, type autism, which is the most severe. If there's no language, you know you have the most severe because that's evident of the level of brain damage, the inability to speak. Yep. This is this is the problem. I actually. When I think back, my best friend in grammar school, Patty, I think her son was autistic, but I never really knew. I didn't know enough at the time. I really saw her at our, would you believe, 50th, 8th grade reunion. And she told me she had a special needs son, and he was he was actually in a... Um, Illinois hospital environment. See, I have a special needs son, but he wasn't from the shot. We believe he was strictly from the um, fact that this lady had the German measles because he was born in the 60s. Now, you're talking, when was Ray born? 1990. Yes, 1990. I know. Okay. Well, see, that's the beginning of all this kind of stuff. Right. In that year, they increased what's called the mercury, the thermos, so it's called, which is used as a preservative because they had these vaccine shells. So they increased the thermos cells of uh, the mercury to 70%. Yep. That's where you, that's where you get that increase in. And they when I was studying it early on when all this was happening, I was looking at German measles because they said that children prior to the vaccination, you know, episodes where all of a sudden the vaccines were being given early and the thermocell increased, the onset of autism occurred only with uh women who had German measles during pregnancy. And so I was really looking, well, I don't think I had that. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't, and it wasn't in my family history, but that's really true. And and during the German measles uh, diagnosis of autism, it was one in 1,000 yeah. that were born autistic. And today it is way over that. I mean, I think the last statistic I heard was 
uh, ten in, in every hundred. Yep. And see, when my kids were born, we were talking one in thousands, thousands of, pe- of children born. That's how rare it was when my children were young. This is why this is such a pandemic of criminality. This is this has been purposely done, and as you have verified, it is a male thing. It really is a male thing that they have done this to. Well, what was uh, what was that movie with um, where they had an autistic uh, young man and his brother befriended him, and he was so good with numbers. Green man. Rain Man. I wanted to say Brain Man, but I couldn't think. That didn't sound right. Rain Man, correct. That told us what was going on. And that's what I live with. That's exactly what I live with. Wow. Wow. See, people, that it all comes back around. And it's very vicious and very evil. But this is uh, this is why we're here. Would you believe it's already 11.15? We've gotten rolling, gang, rolling. So let's get your time going and get you free. My kids have all barked in the, whoever came in the yard, so we're okay. We're safe again. <laughs> My little I don't know if... Dog. Yeah, I don't know if you're in, interested, but I did find this one chart, and it's, it's actually aluminum, not not the mercury, but the aluminum that's in these vaccines. The safe limit is 25 mechagrams, um, and that's supposedly for a two-year-old child. But um, the, the list here is, um, and they have several of... There's like a DTAP, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. Um, the DAPTCO or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to bother reading all of those, but they have several different ones in combinations. But that one has 330 mechagrams in it. Another, oh DTA, another DTAP one has 625 mechagrams. Another DTAP plus polio has 600 mechagrams. Another DTAP polio and hepatitis B has 850 mechagrams. Another DTAP plus polio plus hemophilus influenza B has 330 mechagrams. Another DTAP plus polio has 330 mechagrams. Another hemophilus influenza B has 225 milligrams. A hepatitis A has 250 milligrams. Another hepatitis A has 225 milligrams, or mechagrams, MCGs. Um, uh, Another hepatitis A and B has 450 mechagrams. A hepatitis B has 250 mechagrams. Another hepatitis B, 500 mechagrams. That Gardasol, the human papilloma virus, 
and HPV has 225 micrograms. Another Gardasil has 500 micrograms. Uh, meningococcal B has 519 micrograms. Uh, Pneumonococcal uh, has 125 micrograms. Tetanus and diphtheria has 530 micrograms. Another tetanus and diphtheria has 330 micrograms. Mm. Um, Another TDAP has 330 micrograms. And another DTAP has 390 micrograms. And it says not all vaccines listed are administered at two months old. (laughs) It's like, this is unbelievable. And I don't know where the... I mean, there was another chart that I had found that listed the schedule of when these different vaccines are administered or supposed to be given to these children, and they're starting like at two months old. I mean, or even yeah. like when they're first first born, like you were saying, Elaine. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. This is this is not right. It's murder. Uh, also, uh, also, would you mind sending me that because that'll give me the credibility for this young girl. I'm sending her. She, her daughter is a year old, and mm-hmm. she had a little cleft palate, but it was in under her tongue, so it's not a visible thing. And uh, she had it clipped, and the mother was more upset than the girl, the little baby. She didn't know what was going on, and they did a local, and you know those. The things can be done quickly and easily. But she queried her friends on Facebook, is it safe to get these vaccines? Oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with them. You go ahead. You're, you're good. Mm-hmm. Her daughter was immediately sick. And yeah. um, so I, I wanted to send her, and I couldn't read her name correctly. So... Um, now that you have this kind of information, this will give her credibility of what she should not do. Hopefully she'll be strong enough to not do it, but I don't know. These kids are brainwashed, so I, I can't make them not do something. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. this one says, is it just a coincidence that since the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act in 1986 was signed into law to eliminate financial liability of vaccine makers, the vaccine schedule exploded. We have the highest yeah, we have the highest infant death rate in the world. You go to VAERS, V A E R S, and all these kids are dying at two months, four months, six months, twelve months, and eighteen months. Why? Because those are the well visits. Yeah. Months that goes right along with the vaccine schedule. It's not the odd months, and I had that backwards. It's not the odd months like three months, five months, seven months, and nine months. doesn't take a rocket science to see what's going on here. Well, what's his name with Microsoft? Microsoft did all their testing of their uh, vaccinations in Africa. Cheap labor to get, right? And uh, they did, they called it the death shot because the people were so 
brainwashed that they had to get these shots that when they came in the front door, they could be healthy and they died after they passed out the back door. So what they're doing with these children, because they've got too many people in Africa, you know, we have to control it and this is the way we'll do it, people. And this is the damage they're doing in Africa is the murder of the people through these vaccination shots under good, oh, good-hearted Samaritans. I wouldn't trust a missionary. I wouldn't trust a any doctor over there if I was paid to. There was a wonderful movie out, and it was about this um, lady reporter and what she was really reporting on, she kept from her husband to save his life, basically. And it was all about revealing this. She got murdered. The gentleman that she was traveling with got murdered. And they were to- the guise on it was that she was having an affair and his wife <laughs> murdered him or her husband murdered him. He was gay. So there was no relationship. It was all a lie. And the husband finally did all the research and found out really what happened to his wife and why she was murdered and wrote it and knew he was going to die. And so he set it up so that for for his, um, what do you call it, the eulogy, he very specifically had his friend read the eulogy. And the eulogy was accusing the actual people for the murders that they did, and it just shut them down completely. And this is this is what you have to do. We have to have the actual truth of what's going on, because they tell us in the movie. That's what's so hysterical. They tell us in the movie what they're really going to do, and we still miss it. So, that's because we believe it's just a movie, you know. It's, it's not really going on there. It's just a yeah. movie. And this this other thing says the CDC further recommends that at the age of two months, children be given a round of vaccines that collectively contain between 295 mechagrams oh and, 1, 000, and 1,225 mechagrams of aluminum, depending on the particular combination of shots used. By age 18 months, a child following the CDC vaccination schedule may have been injected with as much as 4,925 mechagrams of aluminum. Yeah, and that's that 18 time 18 months. That's the time release one. That, that is criminal. That, that is criminal. And, and they passed that law that, they, that the companies making these vaccines are not held liable. Well, that's what this empowerment thing is about, that it's going to show that they are liable. It was all a, um, what do you call it, a, um, a lawyer's means of stopping anything from hitting them. And that's what they wanted. Well, they basically, wanted the, the pharmaceutical lobbyists uh, uh-huh. formulate, formulate 80% of contributions to 
our elected yep. officials. Yep. And so they're all bought and sold off. Um, can I throw in just two quickies and just something I found out that I find appalling? If you'll remember, uh, the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton were involved in the uh, takeover of Libya. Uh, so then what happened is Libya uh, became um, dominated by uh, Muslim people. And so now what's happening is the black people that lived in Libya, the African people that lived in Libya, are being sold as slaves, those mm-hmm. that are strong enough to work. And the women and children are being sold as, as rape baits. And those that are not strong enough to work are being having their organs harvested. And then oh. those, that, those that are alive, uh, the black people that are alive but still in slavery, are being forced to eat the tissue and organs of these other dead people. Oh, and this God. is all documented. You can Google it. Uh, and, and the reason why is because the Muslims believe that if you practice cannibalism, you're right. going to hell. There is no salvation. And um, the other, and so I think abomination, there you go. I mean, when we start doing that for the great God mammon, we're in deep shit. Pardon my French. Uh, Hold on, Ray. But the other thing that, so when I couldn't get on your call last night, (laughs) excuse me, I kept trying. I ended up coming across some, I don't know why it came up on a search of that uh, Beacon 37, but the uh, Hamilton, Hamiltonian mind. And that brought me back to thoughts of Hamilton and Neil Think and the whole process there. So if you remember the Annabelle story where the consciousness mm-hmm. was transferred over, um, the Hamiltonian mind is actually something that is being tested currently. And the the teaching around it, I mean, this is lots of pages of, mathematical, blah, 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 rhythms and codes and graphs. And, but basically, to summarize what it is, is that the theory is that your brain, your consciousness, produces a cause and effect reaction and that it can also project into a future reaction based on the incoming stimulus that it receives. So the brain can actually be programmed for tolerance or intolerance based on the stimulus. And if it's possible, wow. if it's possible to uh, create a balance, a mean, so to speak, after you have manipulated a mind, brain frequency, after you've manipulated a mind through its tolerance phases, you can have a mean but also a puppet that has been implanted with triggers that will allow it to go crazy and ballistic and based on imbalance of stimulus that is placed within it. And aluminum is a conduit for the... There you go. Here's, here's the thing. These are frequencies because the basic theory is that the brain is an electromagnetic organism that operates mm-hmm. on frequency manipulation. 
Wow, that certainly comes all the way around, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, my God, when you think about it, you know, think about all these flip cases uh, of people that go crazy and kill all these people and what is it, the, the MLK program or the, all these programs the government has been using. I mean, these people are, we live a lifespan of 80 years, you know, generally. And so, but these generations of manipulators, you know, high elite that are shaking hands with the darkness. I mean, this is an ongoing plan that's coming to fruition. Right. And, uh, you know, I just hope that, uh, you know, I mean, is it destiny? Are we going to be able to control it? Will it matter in our lifespan? What can we do for the future? Will there be a future? I mean, all of these questions come up when we realize that man is so far taken away from the moral consciousness that he's been given that he no longer even controls his cause and effect reaction. Well, see, that's exactly the premise of what the all of the uh, video, the movies are about, and the robotism, and all of it is, as you said, Orpha, and as you're revealing, uh, Elaine, is the premise that it's all about them controlling us. This is yeah. why we such a campaign on all of us knowing who we are, so they cannot control you. Because it's that controlling that they get you. It's really, really valuable. Before Adolf Hitler, I believe it was a guy, uh, I darn it, I'm going to go blank on his name now, Bernanke or something like that. And he started the first media campaign to manipulate the population based on psychological effects. And that that really transferred to Adolf Hitler and what he was doing in his propaganda campaign. And today we see that at the the level through all the media and all the, you know, I think the blind man having eyes to see and seeing not, you know, and yet the blind man that refuses to see this illusion sees reality. But for me, it's like, where do you go? What do you do? Because the majority of the society is completely lost and blinded to the realities around them. They live in delusion. Well, part of the thing that I've found found is the issue of so much has been told to us, and we really are gleaning a lot from it. We just have to stop thinking they are more powerful than we are. And that is the premise. And who you're talking about goes back to Freud. Freud was the one that really put up the issues of advertising. It was his nephew that brought advertising to this country and they lorded, oh, he is a god of advertising that he started in the early 1900s. And this, I've listened to the audios on it. You can actually probably uh, Google it 
uh, or put it, okay, there I go using Google, but go on YouTube and get the video on the first advertising guru and see if his name doesn't come up. I, I'm like you, Elaine, I can't remember his name. Once you see it, and then they start telling you it is Freud's nephew, you, you'll yes. connect up. That's right. It is Freud's nephew. That's absolutely right. And somehow they're connected to Hitler as well. Well, Hitler came after him, and it was right. actually Goebel that did the, that used the premise that Freud's again German. They're all German. Freud brought forward with it through his nephew was if you tell it long, a lie big enough and long enough, it becomes truth, and that's, that's right. all advertising is. And that's, and the, that's what the Germans did. That's the premise of this Hamiltonian mind experiment. Is that's that exactly. you, and that's why we have all this modern metaphysical stuff about creating your own reality and think and be rich and all this garbage. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it works, but at what cost? Yep. Yep. That's the whole point. At what cost? And I got to tell you, for a lot of you people may not know, the original, actual original slaves were black people, Indian black people. They were from our country that were not brought over here from Africa. They actually migrated here via circumnavigating the world. And they have been living with the uh, indigenous Indians. That's why some Indians are brown, some are darker, some there are different hues, because they actually lived here long before we did. And this is what many of the Moors are finding out, that we lived here before the white man did. And this is really miscabubulating a lot of people because they don't want to believe that that was actually done to their people. The blacks have trouble with it. Some don't. Some some did come from Africa because they their own Africans sold them into slavery. Right. But the, and they're doing that so, in Libya. Yeah, yeah. So it's a two-way street here. And it's been a vicious, vicious world of Control, manipulation, and just what you're saying they're doing today, it has not changed. Right. It has not changed. I just want you to come back to reality. My sister that uh, lives in Texas, uh, she cannot stop herself from being mean to me as hard as she tries. And for years, she's criticized me for uh, not remembering her birthday. And I just really, my life has been so crazy and hectic throughout the years. I don't know. I'm trying to even celebrate my own, nonetheless, remember anybody else's. But I felt so bad that I never did, you know. So this year I wanted to make sure I didn't forget her birthday. And sure enough, I, I sent her an e-card before her birthday. And so that gave me a, her a chance to say, oh, well, you're a little early, but thanks for the thought. So I said, okay, well, I'll call you on your birthday, which turned out to be Sunday, last Sunday. So I called her, and she goes to church. She's very religious, going to church. 
she always wanted to be in a black church. She's always affiliated with black people. Um, married a black husband, was kicked out of our home because she was, quote, a nigger lover, uh, which was why I was kicked out of the home for defending her. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, is that so I'm on the phone with her and I leave a message. Well, I know you're in church, but I didn't want to let it go without saying happy birthday. So happy birthday. She calls me back. And she calls me back with the radio blaring in the background. Okay? And then she gripes at me uh, because she can't hear me. You're on speaker? Well, I can't hear you if you're on speaker. I'm not going to hear anybody if they're on speaker. And I say, well... If I don't have you on speaker, I can't hear because I have hearing loss. I have scarring in my ears. So I have to have it on speaker. And I'm sorry, maybe if you turn your radio down. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So then I said, well, what did you do today? It's your birthday. You were at church. And so she says, um, yeah, I went to church. And I said, what was the sermon on? And see, I live with the minister and his wife. And I know about what the separation is and how that's supposed to impact you. And if you're really believing and into it, you're going to remember that sermon. She couldn't remember it. Oh. Uh, so she wasn't and, at church? No, she's just there. And she said, well, it was about being thankful. And then they called on me and asked me what I was thankful for. But see, it's so sad to me because... I cannot break through her delusion. It is so ingrained that she cannot see the truth and reality. And my heart weeps for her because she's lost within. Because she's made decisions that are blinding her in life. She's living a good life. She's well off. She's doing great. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But she can't see the reality of what she's what her life really is spiritually within. And when we live a lie, we're lost. And well, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That, that's it. That's it. I just wanted to... When we live a lie, we are lost. And for me, I have because I grew up with nothing and never had anything, uh, I have always realized that the riches that I have uh, is my freedom, and my freedom to think and choose honestly to see life for what it is and work with what I have and to be honest with myself. That's the shield of faith that protects you from all the fiery darts of deception that come our way. So that's it. <laughs> well, that's good for where you've come from and what it is. Uh, we cannot make other people's lives. They've made their bed, and they have to live in it. And uh, no matter how much we want a better life for them, we cannot. That is part of why I left my children so that they could have a better life. And I pay for it. They don't communicate. My oldest communicates with me because I'm here in town, and he only communicates when they want me to come over. And they take, I have no pictures. They will take pictures of me when um, a grandchild in the picture. But I am not included in any pictures whatsoever that they have. 
Not with them. Not I have. I'm. I'm not part of them. And you know what? I can't make them comprehend what I really did it for. Because it's not in their reality. They have happy marriages. They are doing fabulous. Uh, that's all I asked for. I didn't ask for them to love me. I asked that they have wonderful marriages and that they are good, honest men. And that's what they are. And that's all that you, all I can ask as a mother. So for your sister, just love her. That's all she, you can do. You can't make her any different. She will never acknowledge it. She will always make you wrong. Just love her. That's all. That's all yeah. you can do. Just to release and love is about all I can do. And That's but right. I, I think that, you know, you're right. Um, you can't control other people. Um, right. And that's that's the liberty that we give each other. When you really believe in in truth and honesty and, and freedom, you realize that, you know, just like what you're saying, people, you can't change the world. It's at, it's at an individual level, and that's why the powers that be in this world want to remove the individual uh, because the individual has power, and the many right. become one. But if you can remove the individual, then you lose your power. Um, Ray wanted to buy, for instance, he likes to color, and he likes to color people, mainly Digimon, digital monster critters, but they have faces, and they're different colors. So he wanted me to buy him what's called multicultural color pencils. And so, so he could color faces of different colors in the natural tones. And oh, so I went to Amazon to try to get those. And you know, they're discontinued. The multicultural colored pencils have been found to be uh, offensive because they designate a color and a culture. And so they have been discontinued. And thank God I was able to get one of two last, on, you know, on the shelf. But that's how far it's gone, you know. And so yep. to go into a technological and digital age after identity is killed and we're all one, why not throw off the flesh and put mechanics in? And then we are really one. The opposite of what was to be one in humanity with God, you know, or Christ. Well, it, it's manipulation again. It's the old manipulate, uh, the politically correct way of saying things. Last week we had at the end, we had a gentleman started using the N-word. And I said, I'm sorry, we don't talk that way. They are people. And they are our neighbors. So knock it off. And yeah, we had weird. to mute them. We had to mute them. Yeah. Because oh, weird. It was being nasty, and we were well, actually. We were it was. Tolerant. It was after the recording, and we just had to hang up because yeah. he just wouldn't oh, no. quit. <clears throat> he. It was. It was awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, and he's been on. He's. He's. I think he's been on. Um, Charles's Friday night call too. I think he's probably one of the reasons Charles changed his his call place. From talk show. Wednesday or gonna do this coming Wednesday? Huh? 
Did he change it to Wednesday, or is he having it this coming Wednesday? I didn't know he changed it to Wednesday. I just heard that he changed it from talk shoe to a conference calling. Oh, that uh, was because we couldn't get on. We couldn't get uh, on that night. Yeah. Yeah, but see, the thing is with TalkShoe, any, apparently anybody that has the TalkShoe number can manage somehow to get on any anybody's calls. Right. And you get idiots like that that come on and disrupt the call. Mm-hmm. And he was he's he's been doing, and I know it's the same guy because his voice is the same. He says the same stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just absolutely horrible. <laughs> Yeah, my mouth open when I heard him say that. I couldn't believe him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He was, he was a nasty little guy. Yeah. But and, I, and I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I, I'm going to change, I'm going to get off of him. If there's something you wanted to say about him, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm cool. No, okay. Okay, I just wanted to say that, you know, Elaine, I really feel for you because I know trying to convince, you know, trying to glean, if you will, the love from our family members is virtually impossible, especially when they know our mindset is different from theirs. They don't want to, you know, listen to what we have. We are totally, and my cat just about fell off the table because he's chasing his tail. What in the world are you doing, cat? But anyway, I... um. That's why I enjoy my extended family and you guys in yeah. our calls because I'm with people that can understand, comprehend, um, empathize, be willing to listen to, you know, and I'm willing to listen to what we talk about. You know, we're not, we're not there to debate with each other and make sure that, you know, we cut down every place you go, down every path. You know, mm-hmm. that that becomes so exhausting that, you know, I happen to be thinking, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, I have no idea how long it would be before my my sons ever knew anything was wrong. They never, they never call. They, you know, if there is any interaction, it's because I've initiated it. And it's not that I have any bad, you know, relation between them. It's just that they're off in their own world. But they, you know, my husband didn't let even a week go by without making sure he had contacted his mom Plus, we were up there every other weekend with his sister, who he also contacted every week if we weren't seeing her that week. You know, it was just, I, I, I keep trying to figure out where did we go wrong in teaching our sons this, you know. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But It's not in the anyway. movie. It's not in the movie. And it's not, it's in the uh, cartoons. I saw it in the cartoons about this mother bitching all the time about her son not calling her. And I said, what an idiot. Children will call their mothers. And then I had it happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, It's something you can't do anything about. 
Yeah. Even if you raised them and took them there every week. You know what was programming. What was one of the most uh, hurtful things to me is when I was applying for race conservatorship, they had to do an investigation on me. And um, and at that time, I was not because of this, because I started this process with my family before the conservatorship proceedings, but I was trying to connect up with my family, who I hadn't seen in about nine years. And I was planning to come out to New Mexico to visit them because they had just moved with a new house. So I was going to come out. And what was interesting was that um, I I told them, okay, I got my plane tickets for right there, coming, we're going to arrive, and blah, blah, blah. Do I need to rent a car? Or can someone pick me up? And nobody could pick me up. And then I got the word, well, Elaine, even though they asked me to come out and see them, we've decided that you and Ray should stay in a motel. Uh-huh. And, and I said, what? You're upset, like $600, $700 for reservations and all that crud to get out there because they asked me to come and now they want me to stay in the motel and I was so offended I said you know what I said just forget it I can't believe you've done this I spent so much money I'm just going to uh, Ray and I will go to somewhere else and stay and forget the visit so I had to go to Santa Fe yes Ray say chief monster and while I was in Santa Fe uh, we decided to go to Santa Fe, and uh, that's how we ended up moving here because I fell in love with Santa Fe. I wish I had moved there. But um, so while I was at Santa Fe, the state capitol is there, and my parents live there, and the federal courts are there. And so while I was at Santa Fe, I actually saw my mom heading into the state capitol building where the uh, federal court is, where they do conservatorship hearings. And I had given that information to the investigator who was investigating me for conservatorship responsibility. And so she had asked for my family. And I said, well, I haven't seen them in years, uh, but here's where they live. This is what I know of them. I've always been the black sheep and blah, 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 but I still love them. And so, um, oh, nice picture. So I saw my mom walking all beautiful and proud to the federal court building. And then I was with Ray going to a restaurant. And at that time, I had just recovered from my last surgery. I was just barely able to walk. I was using a cane. I was hobbling upstairs. But thank God I was off crutches after two years on crutches. So I was mm. hobbling upstairs to take Ray to the bathroom. And my stepdad came up behind me. And I recognized him, but I didn't want to talk to him because I was so hurt, and he wouldn't look me in the eye. So later, after the investigation was done with the conservator, uh, I got a call, and she said, well, I've spoken with your parents. And I said, you did? I was all happy, you know. What did you see? And she said, to tell you the truth, I'm not very impressed with your mother at all. Yeah. And that really what? hurt me because... What did they say? What did they the, say? She said, to tell you the truth, <clears throat> I met with your mother and I am not very impressed. I still didn't get it, but go ahead. She said, she was. Um, I met with your mother and I am not very impressed 
with your mother at all. Oh, okay. And that should be true. (laughs) And that, see, that really hurt me because that was bringing to me the truthfulness. I mean, this is a conservator hearing, so they would have investigated me and found out that I grew up homeless on the street, right? And they would Mm -hmm. find out that I put myself through college and that I lived in poverty all my life and that I built myself up and questions would come. You, you know, what is your ability to make a determination about your daughter, Elaine? How long did she live in the home? And then my mom would have to answer questions about why I was 2012, you know? Mm -hmm. So all of that was like the reality awakening for me of what reality really is. I mean, it's not always easy to look at, but thank God for it. Thank God for the hardships because it's made me a person that is willing to see the power of truth in reality and what it can do for you in discernment. Right. Yep. And and see, you became the stronger part, uh, woman than either of your sisters or whatever other relatives you had because they've stayed in that small-mindedness. And that yeah. small-mindedness is what has been a deadly, yeah. very deadly for people. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to say, part of my learning lesson. Just before my mom died, she told me, I'm sorry, it's so hard to talk with my tongue flopping around in my mouth, <laughs> but she told me, um, Elaine, she said, You're the, I'm so sorry for all the hardships that I caused you, but you've become the most strong, strongest person I know. And you're stronger because of it. So because of that, I'm glad. And then she said, your sister Jackie is a weak and needy person, and Cindy has hurt me badly. And Mm -hmm. then a couple days after that, she died. So, you know, I'm I'm glad for her assessment. I would love it to be any other way. But, you know, too, too little, too late, you know. Let's not be... Let it be too little, too late in our lives, you know. But the thing, too, that you've learned is you've learned how to forgive yourself. And that's the lesson we've taught here in this show, is the fact that within the Ho'oponopono, we really are able to forgive those. I forgive my sons. What did they know? Their father may have said something that they've just totally turned against me, but I've also fired them because they weren't wanting me in their lives. But I was the one who walked away, not them. So I have to take, I made my bed. As one of my sons said, you made your bed, you better learn how to sleep in it. And I have, and we don't have to like it. And I thought I was making amends until I got pissed off. So I have to, I have to keep my mouth shut, and I'm okay with it. I am okay with it because their their own children are watching what they're doing, with me being alive and my not being in their lives. And as one uh, lady, I read this story about these Chinese um, parents who were 
taking care of her grandfather. And uh, and I may have told this, but again, it's always we have to hear it in a new unit of time. And the little boy was watching how they treat the grandfather, and the grandfather was being treated very badly. And uh, so the little boy started ordering his mother around, and she said, what are you doing? She said, he said, I'm practicing how to speak to you when I become old enough to take care of you. Nap. <laughs> yep. That's wow. exactly the point. Yeah, I uh, okay. It's really impactful for me, Wonder. Um, I live in the moment. That's one of the things, and I'm not trying to give you advice and demean you in any way. Uh, I don't know how you cope with the hurt, or anybody does, with the individual hurt they have for their family, from their family. But what I've learned in life was to live in the moment. Absolutely. Just in the moment. And to, you know, be thankful in the moment for whatever little, you know, inkling of grace there is in my life. And some people say, oh, you know, your low-goal, minimalist ideas do not lead to a successful person. Well, it depends on what your judgment of success is. Right. Yeah. And see, uh, I, I, I look at the whole pono and if I'm being out of sorts, I have to use that whole to get into. And um, Orpha, I forgot to do that last night. So this is something that I have to keep myself aware of. So more is being learned. This is why these shows are so important to me because. I learned from you guys. You're my teachers and reminderers. <laughs> and like I, I like to say, you're you're my family. You know, yes, and I like the little saying that goes, <clears throat> "You know why God gave us friends? <laughs> because it is His way of saying He's sorry for your family." You know, I I love that because every time I get so frustrated and upset and hurt because of the way, you know, I feel like I'm being ignored or whatever by my, my kids who, you know, we never treated our parents that way, you know, so... It, it, it totally baffles me. But then I think, you know what? I have these wonderful friends that I I work with almost on a daily basis. They're very close to me. You know, I treasure them. And they're like, they're my family, you know. It's not that I'm not recognizing my sons and whatnot as my family. It's just that. If they won't give me what I want, I'm going to go elsewhere. <laughs> and guess what? You guys are it. Well, I got to tell you, for Thanksgiving, they all went north and left me with nada. And so I said, yeah. you know what I want to hear on Thanksgiving Day? 
Happy Thanksgiving. And I'm going to give the word out to others. Happy Thanksgiving to them. So I went over, and I'm not doing this to to say I'm such a wonderful person. I did it greedily and purposely so that I heard Thanksgiving from other people. And these mm-hmm. people were harder up than I was. And I was glad to give them that Thanksgiving. And I got a turkey dinner. I was able to give a lot uh, out to some other people. It all worked out mm-hmm. wonderfully. It's yeah. what we're willing to do to be able to give away what you want more of. You mm-hmm. want love, you give it away. So, yep. are you? But it's it's. It's Good. after 12 now, dang. We haven't talked this long for ages. <laughs> so, Patricia. Yo, go ahead. Tina right. never made it on. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, Patricia, do you and Orpha have a piece of paper and a pencil handy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Write this number down. It's the number of that transformer. And start calling. We'll, uh, use a uh, store finder on the RadioShack.com website and start calling the stores that are in your areas. Here's I have number. transformers here. Can I use one of them? All right. It has to have an output of 12.6 volts AC, 3 amps. 12.6 volts, 8. So 12, 12.6. I got that. What comes after the volts? AC. AC, oh, alternating current. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's uh, three, amp, 3 amps. 3 amps, okay. I don't know if uh-huh. we have any more radio shacks around here. <laughs> you probably don't. No, we don't have any in Nevada now, but five of them, when I did that search, I just said to use, uh, five of them came up in Northern California, and I started calling them. One of them had one left in, in his residual stock. He tried to get more for me, but he, but, but they don't have them anymore. No, what the you, I'll send you the... Um, uh, if I can find it, but we used a um, a uh, company for our parts for our our class project, and that was uh, an electronics. For, okay. Uh, uh, electronics. All right. But right. the Radio Shack number is two seven three hyphen. One, five, one, one, bravo. Two, seven, three, dash, one, five, one, one, B is in bravo. That's correct. And start looking for them. Our project, to finish this project out, we're all going to need four more of them. How many do we need? Four more. Now, this four more, class four more um, transformers. Yeah, transformers. Wow. And we we need to get four 
each? No, no, no. No, just one. One's for yourself. But, you know, you find all the ones you've seen oh. because we don't have any left here. You're in another part of, you're in two other parts of the country. You can find, okay. two, of, two of you can find a total of four more. You can send, send them to me. I can put them back, to put everything together and, and made them up at the pumps and send them back to you. So you want us to buy them so that you'll have the supply of them. Okay. Right. And I will put them together and I'll send one to you and I'll send one to Orpha and, uh, you know, take care of, you know, take care of Quintina. And that'll leave uh, one more left over for someone else. Well, Elaine's on the show, so uh, she she could use it. Yeah. Elaine? What is it? All right. This is a power source to run at a 12-volt electric fuel pump. It'll be used to pump water into a condenser on a uh, distillation set that you can purchase from a, a company in Montana and make pure distilled water, really pure distilled water, that you control its production for the making of colloidal silver. Oh. Mm. So how much do they take cost? How much do they cost? This one, this one cost me thirteen dollars. Well, that's nothing. Um, I know, but it's the heart. It's the heart of the thing. It's the heart of the whole project. I have the fuel pumps, and over time, you know, uh, those fuel pumps are ninety dollars. But I will donate them to all to each of you, and I will put it together for you. And we just need to find some transformers. Okay. That'll help. That's the heart of the thing. Without the transformers, forget it. I'll say, I'll check with my transformers. I have to get down to the basement and do my um, mag grab. So I I will check what type of transformers I have so that uh, we can get that done. Let me uh, get to a piece of paper and I'll write down that number. Um, I went out of the house so I could not have Ray interrupting me for a moment. <laughs> oh, I, f- I feel for you, honey. <laughs> oh, you know, it's, uh, oh. I have the challenge of giving the gift of love no matter what. And so that's yep. quite, a great, quite a great challenge. Well, I it, it's a it's a love loving feeling for you because I have a mentally challenged sister-in-law which my husband and I took care of for years. My youngest sister was um had down syndrome. Um I didn't take care of her when she was older, but you know, as a young child, you know, we were around her all the time. So I know the love and the the uh overwhelm feeling of this love that comes from them, you know, and it is so, I can't even describe it, you know, it's it's just wonderful. But it, it can be challenging. It can be challenging. <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely, well, you know, think of you. Oh, I appreciate that. Ray has taught me a lot. I think I learned the most love when I turn towards empathy after one of his uncontrollable rages 
And I finally mm-hmm. bring him down to baseline, and he's calm and back to himself, and he feels so sorry because he knows he can't mm-hmm. control this. And, um, you know, that's when I when I get overwhelmed with love and especially yeah. happy when I know that I haven't allowed it to make me respond in a negative way. But, right. Uh, yeah, so I've learned a lot. But to be honest with you guys, I don't know anything about Transformers or any of that other stuff that you're talking about. Um, but I, I'm going to take down the number and I'll get the part. Um, so what is the number? <laughs> okay. It is 273-1511-BRAVO. One five one Bravo. Is that a phone number? No, no Bravo is a B. You know, I know. B is in boy or B is in Bravo. Oh, this is the part number. Yes. Yes, that's the part number. Oh, okay. So part number, part number. Okay. So just call yeah. Actually, rate. if you take away that B, it does look like a phone number. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah. Read it. Yeah. Read it back to you to make sure you got it right. Two seven three hyphen one five one one B is in Bravo. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Now with those, uh, you know, you know, when they when they closed down this last May, I wasn't too happy. But at the time, I had a I was in a financial crunch and I couldn't check all the stores in this area that were being closed down and get get what I needed. Heart <laughs> calls. Yeah. Yeah. What is the part called? It's a transformer. A transformer. Yeah, it's a power transformer. Okay. Okay. All right. And it's a 12.6 volt alternating current 3 amp. Yep. And uh, what it does, it puts out at the 12, 12.6 volt level, it produces... 37 watts of power, which is enough to run that pump. And uh, in the next week or two, I've got to get up to a friend's house. He builds computers for he, he builds computers and repairs computers. And uh, we've got to fit a cooling fan to it because this transformer will get hot in an extended session. Not hot enough, you know, but it's nice to have it cool. So I've got to figure out a way to, to, to put a... Uh, a cooling fan on the one I've already got, and get the get in, and get 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 the parts identified for these other four. But it'll be is this a very and, and the cooling very, fan will come on when it's turned on. Is this is this very big? Because I had the fans go out in the little thing I have cooling my my laptop. And they went out mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> My sister and I went out looking for a fan that I could purchase to, you know, not only did I have to bring it back on the plane with me, but, you know, it was small enough that I it wasn't, you know, a big fan. And it's just a nice, if you put your, if you, if you put your fingers and thumb together and form a circle, that's about how big the fan is. Right. And it has well, three speeds. Yeah. You can either... Yeah. You know, it runs on a battery, but you can also plug it into, like, a laptop. It does use a USB, Right. Know, yeah. David, charge we've got to find, you know, we got to find one, you know, there that'll do it. But I'll have my, I'll take the unit up with me when I get up to Scooby's place. 
And uh, he'll look around because, you know, he's had to replace cooling fans in his machine a couple of times. And uh, he he replaced has replaced him in other people's computers because he's got a small business on the side that works on computers. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to put it on there. You know, you can even touch the you can even touch the transformer after it's been running for four hours, and it won't burn you. But you know, it's better to have it cool. Mm-hmm. It's better to have it that way. So I, that's what I'm doing. You know, How long would that pump normally run to make the colloidal silver? All right. No, no, not to make the colloidal silver. This is to make the distilled water. The water. Okay, well, how long yeah. does it take usually right. to, how long it, does it have it to run? It takes me about an hour and 15 minutes to, to do one quart. Okay. Okay. I know nothing about that, but I can tell you that I've been really aware of the need as time goes on for um, you know, colloidal silver to boost your immune system. I think that you know yes. we really need that yeah. stuff. And you yeah, don't I, want to, uh, yeah. And you don't want to be paying uh, what amounts to about seventy or eighty dollars to get uh, a quart, either or, or a gallon. I'm paying um, sixty dollars. For a a huge bottle that's about four inches tall, I don't know how many ounces that have to go. That's probably not about two That's probably uh, a four four to six ounce bottle. Yeah, and yes, and sir. you know just to keep colloidal silver in the house. And then I had a a lady come here and take half of my bottle when she was watching Ray, but that's okay because she probably needed it, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. But I, I make it up one pint at a time. I store it in, uh, we call, call them one pint. They're actually one half liter, but a, a pint is close enough. And I, I can I make up one pint at a time uh, each each time, and I make up a total of a quart every time. But right now, I've, I've got to make some here shortly myself, but uh, I've only got about a, enough distilled water left to do it. So I've got to set my machine, my, my equipment up, and make some more water, but I'll do that uh, next week, and I will do it, uh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> during the day when Nama stays at work. <clears throat> but uh, the uh, do you, do you have to refrigerate this stuff after it's made no, or what? No, 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 okay, no, no. That, that sounds like an absolutely no. Do not refrigerate it. Okay. Um, no, are no, the brown see. glass bottles okay? That's required. That's necessary. Okay. Okay. I've been blue saving glass. all my brown glass bottles. Okay. Okay. <laughs> blue glass, blue glass, and green glass suck UV light in. Okay. Brown glass blocks. Because <clears throat> some of the UV, supplements. Yeah. Yeah. UV is what breaks it down. Yeah. Some of the supplements I get come in these. Real nice oh, size know. brown glass bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know. But here's the thing, you know, I'd use them. But uh, you know, one of the thing, one of the things I'm going to put in that e-letter, I'll be sending out the composing over this weekend and sending out next week. You guys will be a uh, an address for the uh, distillation equipment, but they also have the uh, uh, reagent bottles <laughs> and the uh, <coughs> the half liter the the half liter bottles are 
Three dollars and fifty cents or four dollars each. That's all. Hmm. They're real cheap. Then they got the small bottles with the droppers and you can get with droppers and they got two ounce, four ounce, eight ounce, and they actually have one liter or which would be one little over one quart if you want to go that big. But after you get it bottled up, you put it in a closet and keep the door closed. Keep it out of light. Light destroys colloidal silver. Hmm. Well, it's not, you know, what was the first photo, what was the, what's, what, what's photographic film made of? Silver nitrate. And you get it, it works by, it makes a picture by how much light hits the given parts of it, breaks the, breaks the silver nitrate down, and then you develop it to fix it. Can you carry one of these dropper bottles around with you as long as the brown glass? I mean... Yeah, you know, just, okay, you know, put together a small first aid kit you stick in your purse, and, uh, you know, it'll have band-aids in it and, you know, some kind of a disinfectant, like, you know, a small bottle of peroxide or something along that line, and one of these little two-ounce bottles with an eyedropper. And when you get, if you get a cut when you're, you know, or around the house or whatever, you clean out the wound, and uh, then you... Uh, Soak the pad of the Band-Aid in in the silver, and then before you put the Band-Aid over the cut, you put a couple of drops on the cut, direct. And two or three days, it's it's, it's almost healed. It heals that fast. You know what I did, uh, Ray, uh, when Ray was having his rages uh, a couple weeks ago because of the medication change, he got mad and he banged his head against a glass picture frame on the wall, knocked oh. it off the wall, and stretched his scalp skin above the eyebrow to where it ripped the skin. And it was hmm. gushing it was gushing blood. And he was still raging and I did not want to take him to the doctor unless I had to because I know they'll restrain him because he's raging and I didn't want that. So what I did was I was able to look at the wound. I could actually see his skull through mm-hmm. that the tissue. And I uh, I cleaned out that wound with betadine. And, um, and then I put colloidal silver on it. And then I used a butterfly bandage to mm-hmm. close the wound. And the next morning, that wound was healed up. He wore a bandaid yep. on it. He wore a bandaid on it for uh, a couple of days, and after that, it it healed up with very minimal scarring. But yep. I was real thankful for that. If I take him to the emergency room and the rage he was having, uh, he would have become more violent, and just they would have restrained him, and it would have gone yep. gone yep. out. They're going to call security and security will have gotten frightened in the shot. Elaine? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Just a minute. After you take him into the hospital and he was still acting up that way, security would have been called. Security would have tried to hold him. They couldn't have done it and they'd have panicked and they'd have killed him. Yes, Oh, that's why I didn't take him. And in fact, I had a 
a uh, doctor say the same to me that if you had taken him, this is what would have happened. So, yeah, so, you know, but one thing that yesterday, one thing that, um, I mean, obviously I would take him if there was, you know, like a life threatening emergency. But this is a wound. Yes, this is a wound that I was getting to And and one of the other things that I studied up on and found is a lot of people are using super glue. To, uh-huh. to, to yes, up they are. They're using yeah. it instead of soup internally too. I didn't have any myself at that time, but I do now, sure. And I split open All my right, your first for a your big first aid kit, all right. You know for big bandages if you have a lot of blood. Yeah. Okay. Sanitary napkins. Yeah. Mhm. They work great and they're sterile. Or, or tampons can even work too. The wound is circular. The wound is circular and you can insert it. But if it's a cut, just lay the uh, you know after you don't you got yeah. you got to get the. Uh, the bleeding stop first, and then yeah. you then you cover it, and then you cover it with the uh, sanitary napkin, and it soaks up the blood because it holds a hell of a liquid. Don't we know? <laughs> yeah, you know? But, uh, Don't we know? <laughs> yeah, I very good. They're cheap, they're effective, and they're readily available. And they're very good heavy heavy duty bandages. Emergency kit. It's very important to have a box of those for just what you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. The soldiers use those in uh, overseas in Iran and Afghanistan to plug up bullet holes. That's Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It'll save right. your life. And you know, you know, and they are lucky because the, they either have families who can send them to them, or they can go to go to the. Uh, ship stores or the PX and uh, purchase them. And the only reason they're being stocked by those those uh, those particular business entities is because there's quite a few women in those forces now. And they need them. Mm-hmm. And they're available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forty years ago, it would have never happened. They'd have never been available. Mm-hmm. They'd have had to be sent from home. Well, I was very thankful, but I tell you, I was kind of like a gas when I finally stopped the bleeding and pulled the skin back and could actually see his skull. I mean, I, well, yeah, I, could, also tell, I could also tell there were no arteries. There was no, the bleeding was coming from the splitting of the skin. Mm-hmm. And wow. Wow. Yes, so, now, okay. Uh, I don't know if you can do it, but... Uh, this one company where you'll get your uh, your distillation kit and the bottles and the accessories that go with it from the chemistry department. They sell in their biology department. Uh, it's a course, it's an education course in suturing. It costs eighty dollars, and it's got the you know all the necessary instruments, and it's got a practice you know practice sutures, and uh, you have a uh, Simulcron to purchase on, and it even teaches you how to sew up a wound the way a plastic surgeon does, so it won't scar and it won't stretch. Yeah. And uh, 
And all you have to do is go to a surgical supply house and buy the suture material. Well, then my first day here, I have... And you can, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can teach yourself to sew up a wound and do it right. Okay? It's, a, it's a course. They sell it. They sell it because most of the business that this company does is for homeschooling. They sell equipment for earth sciences, biology, chemistry. They sell curriculum. And this this is one of the court, little course things they sell. And you can teach yourself how to properly sew up somebody if they're bleeding. And, yeah, you know, the using the the, you know, cleansing the wound, using the super glue and the butterfly bandages, I think works just as well. That's correct. Than doing suturing because I I have a hard job seeing myself actually using a needle and suturing a, a wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I would make that. it through. No. And I no. back in third grade I wound up slipping on some ice and smacking my head on the corner of the concrete stairwell. Didn't know I had actually split my head open, but till the teacher told, you know, was aghast at all the blood running down my face. Um, yeah. I went home. You know, my mom came and got me. I went home, and I I still wasn't feeling anything from it. You know, it still wasn't hurting. And I went, well, my mom cleaned up the wound, and she said, now lay there a minute. I've got to, you know, go get this stuff. And course me being me i get up and go look in the mirror because i wanted to see what everybody was what the hubbub was about you know and i looked in the mirror and i could see my skull and i about fainted yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. my gosh yeah. so i went yeah. way back down and my mom just cleaned it up and put a butterfly bandage on it and i to this day do not have a scar although i can still feel where it hit and then just a couple months ago i tripped and i my head landed on this wooden horse and split my head open again on the other side. You know, now I got matching places. And <laughs> the blood was, you know, like, I, I, did, I knew I hurt really bad, but I didn't think I'd split my head open until I put my hand down and saw all the blood. I thought, oh, shit, you know. Get up in the bathroom mirror, and here it's the same scenario all over again. I said, "Okay, I'm not going to run to the to the hospital. I I can do this. I can take care of this." Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had some of this liquid bandage stuff, which essentially is that super glue stuff. I cleaned right. it out with some hydrogen peroxide and stuff, and it was, unfortunately, it was right close to the hairline, so it was really you know hard to get a bandage to stick, but I got cleaned out. I put some of that liquid bandage on. Oh my God, did this sting! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. But I still said okay, and I just closed it and put a bandage over it. I hadn't gotten any butterfly bandages. My mom taught me how to make a butterfly bandage, but I was too concerned at the moment to get the wound closed. And the next day was when I finally, you know ventured to get something else because this bandage was trying to hold as much as it could 
while keeping the wound closed. And I thought it was, the wound was still open, but it was the bandage that had so much in it, it kept dripping down my face. And, yeah. um, but when I took that off and put a clean bandage on, I thought, okay, I don't want this to pop open, so be ready. And it didn't. It was already glued shut. So I, you know, I took care of it just fine, and it's it's healing up very nicely. I want yeah. to get some essential oils uh, to you know, help see, the scarring. The, the, you know, the, the, the proper way to do uh, wounds like that, because, you know, the head, head wounds always bleed profusely. Right. Not just so, you know, the, uh, the arteries and veins that are cut by the injury are very small, but there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you quit, this one, when the suturing course does, it teaches you how to properly, especially the very large ones, and you start suturing it up at the bottom of the wound. Then you do a second layer about halfway out, and then the third one is the surface that closes the skin. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you use the, uh, on the internal ones, you use a suture that the body will absorb, and the outside one, is the, is the tough suture, and when everything's healed, you clip it and pull it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a about? it's just a higher it's just a higher level of care. But yeah, butterfly bandages will work up to a certain size. Uh, it's really moving on now, and it's getting <laughs> to be really late. It's twelve thirty. And we Three and a half hours off, so I wanted to be sure we got, uh, uh, so let's review. Uh, this is all on the recording, everyone, so, uh, you know, if, if any of you are interested in learning about this, get your, get your butt together and get on the, the knowledge base of what uh, Colin is willing to teach us but you will right. have to bring your own materials for it. So yeah. uh, we want I just to, have... we want right. to uh, clear, clean up the um, missing information. So is there any missing information you were going to ask about, Orpha, so we can get through there? Yeah. Um, Colin, you were talking about getting this kit for making the distilled water. Where do we get that information on how to... I will send it out to you. The the okay. website, I mean the the business is Home Science okay. Tool. Yep. And their okay. biggest market is the uh, uh, homeschoolers. They're teaching science, so they have to have equipment to do that. Right. You do physics, okay. biology, <clears throat> biology, chemistry, astronomy. Mm-hmm. We do all of it. They sell all this: the microscopes, telescopes, glassware. The only thing in the chemical department that they don't sell is mm-hmm. the uh, Bunsen burners. Mm. <laughs> so one of the things you'll have to get, I'm sure most of you have them, <clears throat> it's a hot plate. Mine is the Home Essentials. I will put the uh, the number, assembly number, on that in that email. It was given to me. Okay. But it looks like a, a heavy electric burner Someone just took off an electric stove, put it into another little cabinet, and it fits on the countertop, and you plug it in and turn it on, and then you can cook things. Well, I use it to boil the boil the water. Can we just and use our stove if it's an electric 
stove? Yes, you can. Yes, you okay, can. I do have a I ha, I do have a portable electric hot plate, but I just was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Melissa, uh, when we, she was here over the last here a couple of weeks ago, we went over this with her, and uh, I did tell her that I was able to find the find one transformer, and that. Uh, uh, when when I got it together, I would you know, and she'd go over and pick it up. But she's got, she needs to buy. She's going to buy the same thing too. She's got part of it already because this kit, when it comes, comes with uh, 500 milliliter flask. I need you know I mm. I, I go for the larger quantities, so I purchased uh, everything to convert the set from 500 milliliter to one to 1,000 milliliter, and. Uh, I gave her the smaller vials. She has them still. And she'll do this. This is glass. Certain components you need to duplicate because accidents can happen. No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, the one thing you got to make damn sure of on those flasks is that you get, you don't, you don't get, you do not get the flasks that are made with Pyrex. You get the flasks, flasks that are made out of borosilicate glass. Borosilicate glass. Boro, uh, B-O-R-O. Right. It's a it's a glass oh. made with boron, the element boron. Unfortunately, the uh, it's not too it's not really common outside of things like this and a lot of you know and the flasks are more expensive because when you you make the glass with the with the boron it generates a couple of really nasty waste products that are very expensive to dispose of this is why the, the original original uh, glassware cooked glassware baking sets and such in the, uh, the stovetop pots and pans were made mm-hmm. with pearl silicone but because of the cost of disposing of the waste products, they switched over to Pyrex tempered glass. Okay. So that's why you keep us away from the Pyrex. Yes. Get the boral silicon. Now that's what will come. It will say so. And uh, when you guys are ready to do, to do the ordering of that particular equipment, we'll do it on a conference call. Everyone will be on their uh, computers. Now, how I dealt with these people is I look up, I have the catalog, paper catalog. I look up the numbers. I call. I I confirm the availability then. And then I call the the company and talk to a very lovely young lady. And I give her the numbers. She prepares the order there. And... uh, (laughs) When it comes time to pay for it, I said, you have my information. And she reads off the last four digits of my card number, which is all, all that she can see. They have a very secure server to hold everything up. <clears throat> and you get the order in by 1030 in the morning. It's at the UPS Depot in Billings by 5 o'clock. Hmm. How far is Dylan? <laughs> How far is Dylan? Billings, Montana. Okay. That's where they are. 
okay, well, well, we'll go over this, and we'll have to do an email on it so we have all the information for That's us. That's what I'm talking I'm, I'm really going to start preparing it tomorrow. Okay. I'm such a good writer that it's going to take three days to prepare this email. <laughs> You're learning. (laughs) (laughs) It takes me forever to write anything. You're getting there. We're just going to keep encouraging you. (laughs) Yeah. We love you anyway. Yes, right. (laughs) No matter how much we pound our heads against the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're just finished when when I ship them back to you. The uh, there will be a circuit diagram with it, and uh, Wonder's gonna she's gonna know exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's how they get it, you know. Yeah. And you know, real simple. It's a simple circuit, you know. It's just uh, it can be a little complex about your hookups, but other than that, you know. But everything will be documented. And if you need any repairs, you know, you can, you know, you can, uh, you know, if easily do it. Pat will just fix it herself. <laughs> She's got all the tools necessary. <laughs> well, I like information for as well, but I just have to be honest. I've just spent so much money on my teeth. I probably won't be able to fork out any money for a couple weeks. I know. I know. Money's a problem for all of us. Yeah. Hey, <coughs> when they close... I'd have got these transformers in uh in, in May. But they closed the damn whole system down. <clears throat> they closed down uh, <clears throat> fourteen or fifteen hundred stores. And they closed all the stores down in northern Nevada. I haven't checked I haven't checked uh Las Vegas, but I think that one got closed too. Oh, couldn't there be other stores other than Radio Shack that would have this transformer? Yeah, right. Oh, they do. They will have a transformer, but it's got to have the correct output. Yeah, that's. I'll I'll check that book that we had in uh, electronics to see if it has mm-hmm. it because I got a transformer from there. Yeah. Well, this and is a power transformer. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is one of about five different sizes that they had. And when you're building up certain projects and things of this nature, okay, all your stereos and everything else, they run on a pulsating uh, DC current, which is AC. You know, it's AC with the bottom half cut off. Or it runs on direct or 12 volts DC. And the... Uh, this takes, you know, and you and, and the appliance you've built plugs into the wall, and this takes the AC current and produces it into the, the pulsating DC or actually full DC current that runs the actual equipment. Huh. Well, I could All probably right. use a solar generator for that. I could probably use my solar generator. Yeah. Uh, you can... Uh, you can you can run this set up off a uh, solar panel. You can yeah. run it off a 12 volt DC battery, AC battery. Just hook hook it up direct. Yeah, that's you know you know have a have a standard car battery, 
and you and there's a basic circuit you can purchase that will uh you know do all the necessary magic and attach it to a a uh solar panel which will be about uh two and a half feet wide and about uh three and a half to four feet long put it out in the sun charge the battery up and then run your run your stuff off the battery and if you need ac current you just attach a uh inverter to it and you'll have 120 volts dc i mean ac to run radios or anything like that i have a 420 watt solar panel array on um on uh six uh, batteries and a 3000 amp inverter there you go you got it yeah so i just need to know all the basics so wonder yeah. if you could put me in your informative email. I would really appreciate it. Okay. All right. Direct current. Okay. Direct current is a single solid string. Alternating current, it reverses the polarity back and forth. In this case, 60 times a second. This is why you get a hum. You <coughs> <Now> you're... <coughs> Your uh, the old recording equipment when you use tape, and uh, you had to watch your volume because if you got your volume too high, that's why they had the VU meters on it. Uh, you got what they called a hum in the background, and that was from that sixty cycles switching, sixty times a second. You know, makes a hum. Uh, submarines are powered with direct current. Because if you use alternating current in them, no matter how quiet you're running, hydrophones can pick up that 60-cycle hum and track you. Direct current makes no, makes no noise like that. Hmm. wonder what that is. That's how they come. They hear that, what's called the towel's hum out here. You do hear it. Just a low vibration. Mm. Yeah, a little hum. A little hum. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's where it comes from. Huh. You can you can shield it out, you know, you can you know, there's there's ways you can work the circuit to where you won't hear it. And it won't go on the recordings, but uh that's basically how it works. Our telephones are direct current. Mm-hmm. That's a battery. Yeah. It works on direct current. Mm-hmm. Batteries right, in our computers, batteries in our cell phones. The box, little black box you plug into the wall that you plug into your computer to run it. Okay. On mine, my computer, it's 12 volts. On uh, Namaste's computer, it's 11.6 volts. Hers is a Dell. Mine's a compact. A little different one. Batteries, you'll put it out. My phone's about ready to die, so I've got... Mine died died some time ago. It's plugged up to the charger right now. (laughs) Right. I thought it must be because you never last this long. (laughs) No, no. Not with a five-year-old phone. I've got... Next year, I've got to get another battery. 
Uh-oh. Don't <laughs> rush now. <laughs> no, it'll work the way it is. It's That's good for two and a half to three hours. Well, um, let's move through. Uh, let's do the ho-ho-pono-pono so we give forgiveness and we can move forward for ourselves and also anybody that wishes to gain more from what we're learning. It is the value of what we're sharing here. If you want to join us, you got to put out the stuff. So come along if you want to. All right, gang, let's do our ho-ho-pono-pono. And if you don't hear me, you know I've died. Okay. <laughs> oh, my phone died. Now. Rest in peace, right? <laughs> yeah. My, amen, phone. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll okay. Start. I'll okay. Start. All right. Good. Go ahead, Elaine. Uh, this is for smaller. I'm sorry. I am uh, sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Forgive me. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You go ahead, wonder in case your phone dies. Yeah, really. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I am sorry. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how, how. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how, how. And it is us getting together and us closing our program with this magic ability to forgive ourselves. You're forgiving yourselves open doors of wonderful love, caring, absolute power within what you do to make you the better man or woman that you really are. So gain from it. Love it. Share it. Give it away. Be the wonderful source you are. So all of us, let's put our arms out and let's do our wonderful Patty smile and say E and make certain you give out all of what you want because this is a power month. This month is going to bring so many changes and maybe the truth of Christmas may come out instead of the lies of Christmas that it's all about shopping. So that's my one line on it. <laughs> so all together on the count of three, a one, a two, a three. There you are. That was great. We were almost in harmony, everybody. So this is cool. We're getting there. Before another year is out, we'll have harmony when we do this. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
it's all about us learning, and that's what we're here for. So uh, with that, let me get the recording stopped. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.